0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 940 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode has a little bit of everything. First of all, I'll tell you right up front, it's an After Dark episode because at some point, Sheila will mention a suicide attempt from her teen years, but we're also going to talk about Her life, she's incredibly funny and a great conversationalist, she's got some type 1 diabetes complications that we're going to talk about, and she experienced some bullying from a rather unique place. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're interested in getting therapy, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. To start using AG1 from Athletic Greens, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. And when you use that link, you'll get a free year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G7 and G6 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Learn more and get started today at my link, Dexcom forward slash Juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Head over now to touchedbytype1.org and check out all the great stuff they've got going on for people with Type 1. And don't forget, there are big events coming up in September. I'll be speaking there. Don't miss it. Touched by And find them on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Yeah, I am. I am.
0: All right, hold on a second. We're talking we're not recording. That's stupid. We're recording now. Um yeah.
1: I tell- was like, what podcast? I'm just
0: <laughs> Well, tell people who you are for a moment. I'm just
1: here to I'm just here to talk about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell people who I am. You don't have to
0: use your last name, but yeah, you you can tell people who you are.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. Um, (laughs) uh, My name is Sheila. I am from Ireland and I have had type 1 diabetes since 1998 when I was four and a half. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to tell you how old I am now or do you want to like count on your fingers or?
0: Hey, listen. You don't have to be snarky. We just started, okay? <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Well, sorry. here's what I'm going to guess. Um, you want to know how I would do this? A lot of people, there's, pro- probably there's probably a formula, but I don't care about it. 98, 2008, 2018, that's 20. Then 2019, yeah. 20, 21, 22, 23, that's 25. And then you were four and a half when it happened. So you're 29 and a half?
1: Yeah, that's a great um, <laughs> method. That.
0: it's not a great method it's a ridiculous method shouldn't i just
1: no like no it's i mean wait it reminds me of like in primary school when i was like (laughs) winning my three times tables and i you just you got to figure out your own way to do it
0: i figure the right way is 2023 minus 1998
1: plus four and a half that sounds more complicated does it all
2: right oh
0: hell who cares Anyway, Bruce Springsteen's 73. You're going to see him in concert, and you're worried he's going to kick before you get there. Is that what we were talking about before?
2: It
1: was what we were talking about, but I'm less worried now.
0: Because I told you he was 73.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. And he's in good shape, you know.
0: That's a young person's perspective of 73 years old.
1: Well, it's my grandparents are in their 80s, and they're still... Can they play well, Thunder my, Road? <laughs> uh no well there's my point no (laughs) that's true true. can they play a five-hour set with no support i'm not sure
0: right while while looking over their shoulder going this patty woman has really wormed her way into my thing (laughs) 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 meanwhile i was going to tell you that i oh boy here i go this is this is like me saying i don't like soccer i think i don't like bruce springsteen and, and not mm-hmm. not in, like, a, I Hate Bruce Springsteen. I actually like all of his music just fine. I just, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, he was so popular. I mean, it was just, I remember being at a middle school dance, like an after-school dance, <laughs> you know what I mean? When people were, like, 12 and 13, 14 years old. And when you would just stay after school, and they would take the lights down in the cafeteria and DJ, you know, whoever from town mm-hmm. would play records. Um, I remember a kid coming in, with born in the USA, like on vinyl and like taking it to the DJ and being like, you don't have this, but you should, and we should be listening to this. And I don't know. It it never struck me, but as I got older, I thought, okay, his music's good. It doesn't hit me like religion, like it does for some people. But then recently, um, Bruce Springsteen did a sit down interview with Howard Stern. And I sat and watched the whole thing, I think on HBO max. And, um, it was really interesting listening to him talk about his life.
1: I agree. I think he's a, I think he's a great dude. And I also listened to his, I, I'm not really a podcast person. I think the first podcast I ever listened to was the Juicebox podcast because I, uh, I went into an endocrinologist appointment or as they're called here, a diabetologist appointment. And I said, I want an insulin pump. And he said, sure. Which one? And I said, what, I don't, what do you, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to say yes. So I'll, I guess I'll go think about that now. And I left and I Googled diabetes podcast or something. And that's when I started. I'm not into podcasts, but I did listen to the Bruce Springsteen and Obama podcast. Yeah, you um, know what
0: the problem with that was, is it was boring.
1: It was, it wasn't like groundbreaking, Felt but like- it was like, it was like listening to like, my dad and his friends chat about you know it's like listening to you talk about school dances when you were a kid you know
0: yeah no i i think well (laughs) that's insulting and now we have to go but um i i found i found obama's podcast to be and and bruce springsteen being on it to be reminiscent of two people who have too much to lose to share too much does that make sense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. so
1: you got to be willing to
0: say stupid things and and honest things yeah. and stuff like that.
1: But I can also understand why Obama oh, I can't. Oh, please, I'd keep my mouth shut too. I'd be like,
0: I don't know. Spotify's giving me this money, so I took it. And uh, how about school dances? right, Nice, Bruce? like
1: storytelling, <laughs> and they have things in common. And they're two people I had never really pictured together, and that's nice mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, no, and of course. Very sweet. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would listen to it again, but um, it was very calming.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I would sooner listen to Obama's speech on Father's Day while he was running for president. It was very good. Then I would listen to the podcast again.
1: I uh, have to admit, I'm not familiar with, uh, obviously I'm familiar with Obama, but I have not paid as much attention to U.S. politics as Americans. So I don't really even think
0: have. of his, um, I don't know. He, he I, I like... Uh, I like his ability to deliver the speech.
1: Oh yeah. yeah I mean I think know. everyone agrees he was like a good man for the speeches.
0: Very really amazing.
1: Some man for one man.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I also met Bill Clinton once and I understand why people would have sex with him. Hmm? He's very magnetic. My dad
1: had dinner with him once.
0: And he's magnetic, right?
1: I mean my dad didn't tell me that he wanted to have sex with Bill Clinton, but uh I believe you. He
0: didn't even like say he was considering throwing him a hand or something like that?
1: I think I was about five when this Oh, yeah, so.
0: probably not the right place was, for that story. <laughs> so let's just assume your dad was willing to do that for Bill Clinton, but didn't share it with you. <laughs> You're taking, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was about to say, let's just assume that. And I was like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> if I want to go there. <laughs>
0: All right. So, all right. So, you've had diabetes for quite some time. You are the second person who has a delightful Irish accent that I've heard this week because I just put an act uh, an episode up last week, which by the way will be 6 months ago by the time someone hears this. And it's called HBA1C because that's how she said HBA1C every time she said
1: it. I saw that episode title and I was like, is that about weed? And I don't know why I thought it was about weed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just about a lady's <laughs> accent, and um and how how just delightful it was. Yeah, the first okay. the first time I thought I you have to listen to it. Like she says, HBA ones. I can't do an accent. Obviously.
1: Oh, I like like a HBA one C.
0: Yeah, there you go. I should have just asked <laughs> you. To I, say I believe it. you,
1: <laughs> but see. So I I have lived in uh, in Berlin, Germany for the last five years. So I've developed uh what we call in Ireland a transatlantic accent, which mm-hmm. is um because no one can understand when Irish people speak it's where we put on kind of an American accent so people can understand us um you're... and since I haven't worked in a like native English-speaking work environment for the last five years I do have this like twang mm. so, so
0: you're putting on your dialect right now
1: no I mean I'm making a conscious effort to sound less American okay. but I'm not I'm trying to tone it down a little but I'm not uh, I'm not putting on the Irish in fact I don't think I sound Irish at all right
0: <laughs> I mean I can hear the Irish in your voice
1: during yeah during COVID um there was a an Amer- uh who was he no he was an English guy and he was like so how would you look in then and I was like what and he was like I oh, thought for- there was a travel ban and I was like Ireland's in the EU. And he was like, oh, I thought you was American. I was like, please leave me alone, man on a train.
0: Man on a train who says thought with an F.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I possibly am exaggerating, but. um,
0: Perhaps not.
1: Um, I was like, if anything, you shouldn't be here. So
0: so I, I know your name, although in honesty, until you said your name, I was never sure how you pronounce your first name.
1: I get that a lot. I would imagine. Okay. Yeah, because honestly, um,
0: looking back at it now, I, I still don't know how to say it. <laughs> like, you said your so, name at the beginning, and I went, oh, my God, that's what this collection of letters means? And then yeah. and then now I look back at the letters, and I my brain won't remember what you said eight minutes ago.
1: So, on my first date with my boyfriend, we had, like, a seven-hour first date, and... About five hours in, I was telling a story in which someone said my name. So I was saying, and then they said, "Hey, Sheila," and he goes, "Oh my god! Okay, thank God, that's how you say your name."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, "You can just, you can just ask." So, same applies to you, Scott. If you forget how to say my name, you can just.
0: Had ask I not me found a name. delightful way to bring it up just now, I would have spent the next hour just avoiding saying your name. Just
1: avoiding, yeah, yeah. I know. and
0: I would have been masterful
1: at it. It's like um it's like Australian like a Sheila like you know <laughs> Sheila it's just it's just spelled uh
0: in Un- a unlike lovely the, Irish unlike way. The, unlike the word Sheila Yeah Yeah <laughs> Yeah yeah Are Your parents a little high when they were younger
1: no, no. Uh, they just they wanted us all to have Irish names. And my oldest sister was actually born in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they they didn't have anyone to check the spelling with of her name. So she hers is spelled like the the anglicized way. And then my next sister has like a silent g in her name and it's really long and she used to cry when she was like learning to write her name because she was like it's too long i can't do it i don't understand so then they got to me and they were like okay here's a nice simple short
0: one four letters done yeah (laughs) Yeah. we picked arden's name out of a book but i think it's vaguely british somehow i don't know uk-ish
1: to me it's like distinct well i guess yeah it could be British, to me, it's like distinctly a U.S. sounding, but maybe right, that's just because I don't. I no, don't. no, no.
0: Arden is a unisex given name and an English surname of locational origin. It is derived from three places thus called in the United Kingdom, in Yorkshire, North Riding, Cheshire, mm-hmm. or the Forest of Arden in Warwickshire. I don't know what any of that means.
1: Cool. Yeah. I just think of Elizabeth Arden.
0: Yeah, she's pissed because everybody's, like, um, there's a couple of Arden's in the world, and one of them, like, I think one of them branded their name Arden E, which is her middle initial. And she was like, oh, I was going to start a business one day and call it Arden E, but now there's, now that that exists. So she's yeah. just like, yeah. damn it. Uh, anyway, so, okay, so you are, let's see, you've had diabetes a very long time. You went to your diabetesologist- a diabetologist diabetologist. that's yeah a really cool word and um and you didn't know what you wanted you wanted a pump what made you after all all that time decide on a pump
2: so
1: I actually had a pump uh on my 13th birthday I started on an insulin pump and I was so excited because I got to eat uh before that I wasn't carb counting so from the age of four Actrapid or nova rapid or whatever it was back then um uh, um you lose
0: your you you lose your signal once in a while i think it's because we're doing the way we're doing it but i hear you now like once you were four then you can go from there
1: okay just let me know i might um i can change over to a hotspot or something if it it's only
0: happened twice so far not good
1: okay um so yeah um when i was diagnosed obviously started on the like novo mix 60, 40, or whatever, you know, I was four, I don't remember. Um, after that, they were like, here's a long acting insulin. Here is Nova rapid take six units for breakfast, six units for lunch, five units for dinner. Um, could not get the concept. It, it, it came back to.
0: And you're gone. And you're back. I'm going to guess right about here. seems to be how long it takes. Sheila?
1: Here, I mean, I can hear you.
0: Yeah, you could, I couldn't hear you at all. So right then.
1: I'm going to switch to my phone's hotspot because at least I know that works. Okay. Whereas, yeah.
0: Berlin internet, not good. You can manage your diabetes confidently with the powerfully simple Dexcom G7. Head now to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to get your free benefits check and learn more about the new Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitor. If you prefer the Dexcom G6, you can get it as well right at my link, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom is an easier way to manage diabetes without finger sticks. The G7 is a simple CGM system. It delivers real time glucose numbers to your smartphone, your smartwatch with no finger sticks required effortlessly see your glucose levels and where they're headed so you can make smarter decisions about food and activity in the moment when you go to my link you can see videos and pictures find out how to get your free benefits check everything is there everything you need to get started with Dexcom is at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box how about the new G7 warms up twice as fast as any other CGM system so you'll have more time with your numbers it also has a new 12 hour grace period so you can swap your sensor when it's convenient for you. Are you looking for a little backup? You can share your data with up to 10 followers. My daughter shares hers with me and her mom and some of her roommates at college. You can do this too. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Get some peace of mind with Dexcom. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com, to Dexcom, and to all of the sponsors. You gotta see this new Dexcom G7. It's so small and easy to use. My daughter's been wearing it now for a couple of months, and I'm telling you, it is fantastic. The G7 is super easy to put on, to wear. Arden can't even tell she's wearing it. It's smaller, it doesn't stick out as much from her clothing as the G6 did. And, and I mean, the G6 didn't stick out much, but the G7 is... Boy, is it flat. Just go ahead to the link to check it out dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Don't forget about touchbytype1.org while you're on the internet. Check them out. All right, I'm going to get you back to Sheila. This episode has a ways to go and a long and very interesting story to tell. Also, Bon Jovi's only 60. But br- hey, oh, Bon Jovi's only 60. We're here? Yeah, you can hear me
1: what the heck yeah i can hear you right. bon jovi's, bon jovi's
0: 60. 60 but he looks like he's 10 years older than springsteen who's 73 yeah interesting
1: well bruce springsteen eats organic so yeah. you think
0: that's it because aren't they both like aren't they both like italian guys from jersey from jersey
1: i don't know that much about bon jovi if i'm honest uh,
0: you don't need to be honest wow patty smith looks terrible Okay, never mind.
1: Yeah, I saw her a few years ago, but she was still great. She just yeah.
0: Oh, she's seventy-six. And then I take that back. She looks amazing. <laughs>
1: um so anyway, my diabetes educators could not beat carb counting into us because for six years we'd just been like, No, we take this much insulin. That's right. what we do. Yeah. Um they were like, Yeah, but if you go out for Chinese food, you can take more. And they, they never really said, like, you should take this amount. They were just, like, more. So we were obviously like, what does that mean? No, just take six units. It's fine. Um, so when I was starting the pump, I had to actually learn carb counting. This meant that I could have, like, chocolatey cereal for breakfast. Mm. That was the theory. That was the idea. It was, like, if you have the insulin pump, you can eat whatever you want. You don't have to have these, like, 30-gram carb meals and a 10-gram snack at 11 and 2 yeah. and whatever So it was the idea of this flexibility, which these days you can totally have MDI, um, but at the time was not really what was done. And basically, my A1C was so bad that they were like, maybe we'll just give her a pump and see what happens.
0: (laughs) What could it hurt? It could hurt nothing. they, they,
1: (laughs) They were like, usually we only give the pumps to like the people who show us that they'll be able to make the most of it because it's so in Ireland, the state pays for it. Um, but you have to kind of justify that you're, that their money's being well spent. Mm-hmm. But with me, they were just like, you know, what have we got left to lose? Let's just give her a pump and we'll see what happens. So um, I think my A1C around that time was maybe 12 or 13%. Um, How old are you at that point? 13. Just- so at the age where I'm old enough to leave the house by myself and go hang out with my friends, but not, I guess, mentally mature enough that I... Like, don't eat a piece of cake uh, because I know that I shouldn't because I haven't taken insulin for it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I'm just kind of, you know, teenage or – well, pre, preteen, whatever, hormones, rebelling, uh, listening to emo music and eating, I don't know, whatever I want. Um, and even – honestly, even outside of that, even with, like, mealtimes and stuff, it just never – it's too it's too long ago for me to now think you know was i doing it wrong were my parents doing it wrong were the nurses doing it wrong who you know
0: you don't know and there's no way to figure it out
1: yeah i at the time it was too i didn't have the analytical skills for that and it was too i was too you know deep in the middle of it right and looking back now i don't really know i just know that it wasn't good and i also i hated checking my blood sugar. Um, and I didn't mind the injections, I didn't mind doing insulin, because I was like, I need the insulin, it will make me feel better. It means I can eat but the, the finger pricking I was like, this doesn't do anything. This doesn't make me better. It just gives a number that's probably bad. And then someone will yell at me. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it was, um, yeah, was very excited about this insulin pump. And I'd say for two or three years, my a1c was down it was it was the first time i had an a1c in single digits since a while
2: Um,
1: and it it wasn't like amazing it wasn't like it was like six or seven it was probably eight or nine right um and after a few years the novelty wore off um the doctors were saying like (sighs) at one point they were like are you withholding insulin because you want to lose weight and like sort of screaming it at me in this really scary angry way and I laughed because that I didn't know that was a thing I in hindsight they I don't know I didn't know that was a thing but after they told me I sure knew it was a thing so I don't know if that was the best idea um but I just laughed cause I was like the idea that I was putting effort into having a bad A1C or having bad control mm-hmm. as opposed to just being so depressed that I didn't care yeah. what my control was like. And they were all like, you must feel horrible. You must feel terrible. You must feel so sick all the time. And I was like, this is just how I feel. Like I don't, like this is normal. And yes, it. I don't feel good. Like I'm severely depressed for a 16 year old or whatever but this is just how it is you know
0: were, were you de- um, do you think you were like clinically depressed do you think that they were right that some of it was just your elevated blood sugar had you feeling terrible and or do you what do you think when you look back
1: um i think i mean the fact that now i still definitely suffer with depression but i can manage it better um and like in healthier ways I do think I was depressed. And I think a lot of that was coming from things like, um, I guess the the isolation, like I didn't really have a, I didn't know other people with diabetes. I knew one other kid, he was my friend's brother. And he was like, my mom was like, oh, his A1C is seven. And now the doctors are like, oh, you're so good. You should try get it down to six. So that's all I knew about this other kid with diabetes was that he had an amazing A1C. Um, But I didn't know other people with diabetes. So I was kind of like and, you know, every teenager feels like no one understands me. The world is against me. And I think no teenagers more so than those with type one diabetes. Um, So, yeah, I think it was kind of a no one thing, but everything all at once. Mm fights with my parents about why my blood sugar was high was i lying Uh, was i sneaking food why didn't i check my blood sugar um things like being punished for having a high blood sugar when i was looking at my two older sisters and they didn't they didn't have to have good blood sugar you know they just their body did that for them so i was like hang on a second you're grading me against something that no one else is being graded on here.
0: Yeah, um, so so when your blood sugars were elevated, your parents didn't really know what to do. They saw a person who did uh, better numbers than yours and thought, well, I guess it's possible. She's not trying hard yeah. enough or she's lying or something like that. And you're just like, I just don't, like, I have no tools over here at all. I have no idea what to do. Yeah. And I'm resistant to I think it for
1: them matter. as well, though, like, I think they they didn't know what else to do or sure. they didn't know what else was in their control so they were like well these things that we have in our control we've done so the only thing left is her she must be doing something or not doing something right you know so i get it i also get it from their perspective i don't think they were um maybe as well equipped as parents are these days yeah um
0: were they were they better at parenting away from diabetes or was this the norm for them
1: Um, I mean, since I moved out of home, we get along great. Um, (laughs) since I left the country, we get along even better. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't, you know, they're not perfect. I don't think anyone is, but, uh, I don't. I don't really, I don't hold it against them, and I don't think that they, I think maybe outside of these circumstances, if this hadn't been an issue, I don't think there would have been many problems. Mm. Um,
0: Your older siblings, do your older siblings have a closer relationship with them?
1: I wouldn't say closer. I think me and my parents are very close, but it's sort of... Because we were forced to be, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. Um, sort of forced to be close through pain, if that's a thing, you know, when you struggle together, you, um, you just have a, you do have a close bond. And then I think also my sisters felt like my parents focused a lot of attention on me as a child, and they were like, ah, oh, Sheila gets everything she wants because she has diabetes and they only pay attention to her. And I was sitting there being like, oh, my God, can they stop looking at me for five minutes? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was sort of this like perfect storm of just teenage hormones, chronic illness, uh, parents either not having the tools at their disposal or just not being just not being equipped to deal with it and um
0: why does everyone always think that everything's better that someone else has why is that why is that that's it's such a fascinating like human reaction
1: it is yeah
0: yeah, yeah. grass is always yeah. greener like but, that's better i mean
1: at the same time like at the same time i try my hardest not to show other people how hard stuff is so i totally understand what they think okay.
0: Because you think yeah. other people are yeah. putting their best foot forward all the time, like you know, it's funny. You said, "Data girl, the front of their house looked immaculate; the backyard looked like a junkyard."
1: That's and I, hilarious.
0: And I and they and they ran their lives that way too. Like,
1: my as, sister lives near uh, lives down the street from an influencer. I don't know, some maybe Instagram. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that the they're like. Their house is an absolute mess, except when they're filming something. <laughs> so you ever notice, like, I don't think she knows them that well. She just like, she walks past and she's like, oh, they're filming a yoga video today. So their living room is clean type thing. So
0: interesting. no, I, yeah. I really is interesting. I used to, uh, about that girl, I, I used to think of it as being very Catholic. They just wanted everyone to know everything was great. They didn't care if it was yeah. great or, you know, they couldn't uh, impact if it was great. They just wanted everybody to think it was.
1: I didn't think of that ever as a Catholic thing, but that's extremely my family's mentality. And obviously, we are, Sheila, are Irish Catholic, Catholic people. I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> they don't
0: let you out of the country if you're not Catholic, right? Like, you gotta... I don't think they let you out of the hospital. Don't they baptize yeah, no, you as you're coming through? The
1: Well, like, <laughs> the thing is, like, you joke, but actually, to go to school, um, if you want, like, a, if you want to be placed higher up on the list to get into a school, you need to be baptized sure
0: no i wasn't joking so
1: every, everyone is <laughs> baptized <so. laughs> um, there was one kid in my year who was jewish and he was just left out of
2: Everything. all kinds of yeah, yeah really
1: sure. yeah because we do all kinds of activities during school time well, which i find appalling the but, joke's
2: um, on you
0: ireland because everyone's so pale that in a war they're going to be able to see everybody night or night. <laughs> You're not going to be able to sneak up on anyone these glowing Translucent white people are going to be coming at everybody. And we're going to be like, there they are. I see them over there
1: and the Irish, they're
0: the Irish and they're depressed and they're drunk, so we can beat them.
1: (laughs) They haven't seen the sunlight in 400 days. So
0: do you buy into that at all? By the way, about the depression from Irish backgrounds?
1: Um, well, depression in Ireland, definitely. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with seasonally affected disorder. Sure. Yeah. So that's a thing. Um, like this time of year in Ireland and also in Berlin, but it's worse in Ireland. It's it's like you, you're so far north that the sun rises at like maybe 9.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and sets at like 3.30 in the afternoon. So you go to work in the morning and you leave and it's just dark all the time and you never see the sun. And uh, yeah, definitely definitely has an effect
0: yeah um, that whole part of the world like so-, th- so many people that come on here have some sort of a a background from that part of europe and they have autoimmune issues and i'm always like what is that about you know what i mean like I don't gotta know, be like, a thing it's anecdotal at best for me but as i approach a thousand people interviewed it hasn't like it hasn't slowed my thought down at all you know even i like- mean
1: i think i think as we go along we're just going to discover suddenly that everything is autoimmune, you know?
0: Well, you know, like, I have a, a, a large group of people, you know, enough that I'm like, where are you from? And they're like, from Minnesota. And then you ask about their background, and their background's kind of like whatever Vikings are. And and you go, and then you start going, oh, okay, so people immigrated from this one place to here, also Minnesota mm. Vikings. Now I'm getting it. Okay, like it's all coming together, and um, I don't know what that means. It's a football team, the real football, okay, <laughs> not the one where you kick the round ball, but when you throw the with ball. your foot. Yeah, that's... where you kick
1: the ball with the foot.
0: Yeah, soccer. You the understand football. what I'm talking about? <laughs> foot to <the> ball. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But fo- when you were like someone's from Minnesota, I was like, I hope he explains what this means. Yes, and, and, I don't know where oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> right. So not
0: the football where they kick the ball with the foot, but football where they throw the ball with their hands. That
1: one, like the rugby, but less uh,
0: tough, but more aerial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> more throwing of the ball. Anyway, yeah, doesn't matter. Point is, um, I think there's something to it. I just really do. Possibly. Yeah. yeah the vitamin totally. D deficiency and the anemia and the whole thing i don't know
1: i i have a friend from finland who has addison's disease um and that is also one of those nordic uh viking countries
0: yeah i mean i know so nothing about that you part there's me. another person when you said finland my mind conjured up an image of someone living on an ice float so i was like oh
1: that's a little bit yeah <laughs> basically
0: <laughs> i don't know uh, but anyway, um, so
1: yeah, no, sorry, I'm just no, shaking no. the milk carton because I'm pouring another glass of tea. Shake your milk cup of tea, That's fine. Absolutely. it's fine, it's shook, it's shooken, it's shook. <laughs> um, you, can, yeah, I mean, good. Oh, what
0: now? I was gonna ask you if we can, you have the coolest job, and I want to understand it, but it's so specific. <laughs> if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay.
1: Wait, what job?
0: I don't know, like the thing you say on.
1: Facebook that you oh do. on facebook i mean i definitely um i don't use facebook ex- i only use facebook for diabetes groups that's fine uh, so let me just look are it's you something am- about nasa right
0: yeah is that not true
1: so i wrote that when i guess when i was in university um i specialized in music technology and one of my one of my projects in my final year was uh it was a project based on a specific type of sampler and we had to use either create our own samples or use like free uh, what's what royalty free or like you yeah, know sure. license free type stuff nothing copyrightable and NASA has this uh, massive sound library of sounds that you can just use royalty free so I made a piece of music out of. NASA sounds and uh, yeah I think that's what I that's when I Th- this updated is, that. This so is the saddest, that's like over ten years ago. <laughs> this is the saddest moment of my, my adult life. I'm so sorry. No. I do actually work in music though. I work in music rights. How do I trust
0: um, that statement? So I, oh, I don't have know. <laughs> I have for as long as I've been aware of who you are. Can I say what's written here? Sure. Okay. I have thought to myself, this person whose name is spelled in a way that I don't know what it says, is a space musician at NASA. <laughs> and in my mind I wish that was true. In my mind you sit at like an organ and you play music for people <laughs> while they work at NASA. And you're telling me none of that is true?
1: <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> I'm I'm gonna send you I'm gonna send you the piece of music that I made back then. Um, Can I use it on the podcast? I mean if you want to it's oh. all royalty free music anyways. <laughs> uh,
0: I want to. You send it. It's going to be okay. the, it's going to be yeah. in this episode. I will. You have disappointed sure. me in a way that I didn't think it was possible. I'm so
1: sorry. I didn't realize that you thought that was real.
0: Everything about this is a lie.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I have been warmed so many times by the words space musician. At NASA, I can't even begin to tell you. It's changed my life. I'm sweating now I mean, from the from the news.
1: You can still you can still hold on to those no. warm memories. No,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> I can't lie to myself like that. What do you do for a living?
1: Uh I work in music rights, uh, so helping helping like independent uh musicians, composers, uh labels, that kind of stuff, uh collect their money. Internationally, basically, because it's overcomplicated and uh, I'm gonna not, vomit. It's not. It's I'm not really vomit. designed to help creators get their money. It's more designed to help big labels, like. Uh, of course, yeah. You know, no, we've pages. all
0: heard that story, mm-hmm. right? Like you, nobody gets paid for what they make, right? You have to go. In yeah, there and fight yeah, yeah.
1: for yeah. So Even that's some, my whole.
0: That's my your whole job? job. How does that be? Yeah. First of all, I'm gonna let it go that you're a big fat liar. <laughs> <laughs> And how disappointed! Uh. I swear to you, my body temperature has risen like four degrees. <laughs> I'm like, like waving. I look like Scarlett O'Hara right now. I'm like waving <laughs> air in my face. I'm so disappointed.
1: I'm so sorry. Is,
0: are, is that not a job?
1: I don't think so. Oh, mother... I'm sort of... See, when you said it, I'm picturing like someone like flying around the universe in a little ship that's powered by playing the organ. When you were like, I pictured you behind an organ, I was like, yes, in a tiny spaceship, zooming around, like, da-da-da-da. But no.
0: It it says space musician at NASA. National Aeronautics Um, and Space Administration. (laughs) It
1: does, yeah.
0: (laughs) Then it says you live in Germany, and I'm like, oh my God, does NASA have a place in Germany?
1: I'm on, um, I'm on a, I don't know how to say that in English, uh, like a, a displacement. What is, hang on.
0: Now you've displaced my happiness, I can tell you that much. But D- I'm not displacement, sure. <laughs> is that the, is that the <laughs> I'm word? I'm not sure what you're saying, but are you looking up English words now?
1: Yeah, uh, displacement, I guess. Uh, um, so I, I specifically, within music rights, I work in French music rights. Okay. Um, because at university I studied music and French um neither of which helped me to actually get into this industry but now that i'm here i like to tie them together I sort of accidentally fell into uh french music rights jobs because i already worked in music rights and i also speak french um so there's certain terms that i have never used in english so i don't know what they were no, but no, yeah I... displacement that's the word
0: okay all right well listen yeah. let's get past this i mean honestly okay if we were married, I'd think of leaving you right now. I'd be like... Oh, I would
1: understand oh if I God. lied to you for our whole marriage about what I do for a living. And you were going around like at family barbecues being like, yeah, my wife She's is so cool. She's a space musician. <laughs> I'm an
0: idiot. This feeling, you know, that's what I'm learning. I'm a moron. I think that's why I'm upset. <laughs> I looked at something and um, my brain was like, that's not real. But I'm like, no, a lady on the internet says it is. So it must be. Is the is, Are there other things on the internet that aren't true?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we would know.
0: Yeah, you're right. Everything's got to be true.
1: We Um, would know. Yeah.
0: So tell me a little, Jesus, this is really a letdown. I got to be honest with you. I'm so
1: sorry. No, no, no,
0: we'll get past it. I mean, as I keep saying, we'll get past it and I
1: can't move back. (laughs) And we're still talking about it.
0: Well, the problem is, is that I'm going to shift into some of the things that you, that you put in your intake form. So like you've Talked mm. about some complications, and I—it's just—it's yes. hard, hard to go from like fun to so you have diabetes complications. <laughs> so, um, yes, what are they?
1: So, I think it's actually—I don't remember what I said in my email to you, but I think it's actually gone beyond that at this stage. So, um, I guess the first thing to come was my eyes um for years and years the doctors were saying there are changes in your eyes uh you've the, you know the beginning of retinopathy you have to change your uh get better control or you know you'll regret it and i was like yeah whatever i'm fine so in 2019 i started to notice some black specks in my vision i was like i don't know what that is it doesn't seem great but my vision hasn't Ever been that amazing anyway, so it's fine. And one day I'm in work and I'm looking at the computer screen and there's this big black spot on my vision, and I'm like, that doesn't seem good, but I'll, you know, I'll see about it at my next appointment. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the black spot sort of starts to uh, not expand, but sort of looks like, for one of a better way of explaining it, looks like there's little worms creeping out of it and i was like holy f- my eye is bleeding mm. sorry i just swore it's okay. um okay <laughs> um i was more and upset just... that you
0: misused the term it's for want of a better term
1: what did i say
0: for what of a better term
1: no i definitely said for want
0: all right we'll go back later and i'll check the whole thing
1: okay <laughs> probably probably
0: gonna be the name of the episode now
1: it, it's just my accent, Scott. You just can't understand what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> Look at you, Irish up <laughs> to try to get out of this. That's fine. Yeah, exactly.
1: no, I definitely said the right thing.
0: Okay, um, okay. I I, I don't even you.
1: know what that would mean for what of a no. It's, yeah, yeah okay. um, uh, I went to the hospital. They said we don't have an eye doctor. They spoke in German. I didn't really speak German at the time. They told me to go to a different hospital eventually, uh, and I did, and. They were like, "Oh, your eyes bleeding." And I was like, "Oh my God, it's been five hours. Yes, I know my eyes bleeding."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they said, you need some laser cauterization, which um, I'm sure many many long-term diabetics are familiar with. Um, it's pretty it's I think a pretty normal thing to go through if you have diabetes for a long 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 time, many decades. Um, but they said you need a lot of it. Um, so I had to go into the hospital every day for about two weeks to have them. Basically, it's like an eye exam where they shoot, uh, where they shine a bright light in your eye, except then there's also like this green light that they shoot more sporadically and which sometimes hurts. <laughs> so, um,
0: <laughs> I see, I see.
1: yeah, any, any, it doesn't hurt all the time, but just sometimes
0: any concern that your lie about being a space musician has brought these lasers into your life.
1: I think, you know, it was a mm-hmm. certain amount of uh, wish fulfillment. You know, <laughs> I wanted to work with lasers, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Um, so yeah. these,
0: these treatments are um, two weeks you did it for?
1: Yeah, every day for two weeks. So wow. usually I think most people are like, oh, I had one of those three years ago, and now everything's fine. I had it every day for two weeks. Um, it was It was really hard. It's just it's hard to sit there uh like keeping your eye open when you know they're gonna shoot the bright light and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did my left eye. My left eye was not so bad, but they were like, there's still some, we should do it. I went away, um saw my my outpatient ophthalmologist, who was like, Yeah, it all looks okay, but you know you have cataracts, right? And I was like, What? What are you cataracts? That's what happens to old people. So anyway, I have cataracts and that's fine. And I go back to the hospital for my checkup and they do uh, a different type of scan and they say, oh, uh, yeah, the bleeding has mostly stopped, but you have a bunch of fluid at the back of your eyes. So you're going to need injections. You need eye injections. Mm. Um, and I was like, and I'm going to need a Xanax too. Yeah. So, um, and a vodka. <laughs> <yes. laughs> Um, and then I show up on the day for my first eye injection and they're like, Oh wait, actually, yeah, your other eye has it too. So you're going to need eye injections in both eyes. Anyway, I do that for six months. I have 12 eye injections every two weeks. There's one, like they alternate the eyes and I'm like, okay, all my eye stuff is fine. It's all done. It's great. And, um, they're like, okay, but next we got to talk about your cataracts. And I'm like, yes, people keep saying this to me. Um, so we schedule a cataract surgery by now. It's, Uh, February, 2022, Mm -hmm. I have my cataract surgery. It goes fine. I guess at this stage, I can't really see much out of my right eye. Anyway, it's just very blurry. Um, and afterwards I'm like, my vision is not worse, but it's just kind of whatever. A month later, uh, I get another bleed. I recognize it this time. I go to the hospital. And they kind of say like, uh, it'll probably clear up. And it does, and about a month later, it's cleared up and then it happens again. So I go back and I'm like, this this keeps happening. And they're like, yeah, we think the healing from the cataract surgery is causing your eye to pull on your retina, which is causing it to bleed. And we're very scared that your retina is gonna detach, but also we did so much laser few years ago, that that's unlikely, because it's kind of just welded on there, all that laser, it's probably not going to come off, but it probably will keep bleeding. You need another surgery called a vitrectomy. I'm not going to explain what a vitrectomy is, because I don't want any one listening to this to um, be overcome with nausea, but I'll let you look it up if you want to. Um, Um, So I had that in November. And I'm all healed up. Wow. How and I'm having I'm having my next cataract surgery in the middle of this February, 2023.
0: So Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so much.
1: It is. It's a lot. So that's just my eyes. Um I recently saw a nephrologist because my GP had noticed um some decreased kidney function. And he just sent me a letter with blood test results and like a here you have uh, you have these like referral slips and it's just for your health insurance to show like, yes, my doctor said I needed this, so you have to pay for it. And he just sent this referral slip with like a lot of exclamation marks and like uh, kidney reduced function uh, level 3A, kidney disease, whatever. And I'm here Google translating everything. Like he didn't send a letter. He didn't say like, dear miss, we found this. He just sent test results on this piece of paper. So I was freaking out. Saw the nephrologist and she was like, well, yeah, there is the the signs of uh, the beginning, like the, the beginning stages of kidney disease, but it looks stable from 2018. Like nothing has changed since then. And I was like, are you telling me I had kidney disease in 2018? And she was like, yeah, I mean, your results haven't changed since then. <laughs> It's like nobody.
0: How do they mail really that Mentioned this to me.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I um about once a year, I have a uh, pretty bad kidney infections. Um, these don't help with the whole kidney function thing. I was in hospital for about six weeks, or uh, between hospital and bed rest for about six weeks in 2018, which I guess is when they did those tests. Um, so she basically said to me that stage 3A is like the very beginning. It means everything's still working fine. I don't need a special diet or medication, um, but I should keep good control of my blood sugar and I can probably stay at that stage forever if I'm careful. And even, even if I go to stage 3B, I can, it's still kind of fine, you know? Um, so I'm not supposed to take ibuprofen, but aside from that, it's okay.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but it's still, it's a lot. She was like, even once you get to stage three B, you can stay there for 20 years. And I was like, doctor in 20 years, I'm only 49. (laughs) So, (laughs) and she was like, yeah, but you're not there yet. So, you know, you'll Uh, be fine.
0: Great. Yeah. I remember thinking when somebody told me diabetes complications don't start for 30 years. I thought, well, my kids too. How is that comforting? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. not even to say that anything's gonna happen. It's just like why I don't know. It's a weird thing to say but to somebody.
1: What's weird is that these days, and I see so many people worrying about the complications that their child, like they're saying, like, my my child is three, they've been diagnosed, we have we have an omnipod and a DEXCOM, and I'm just so worried that like my child is gonna have these complications. And I'm like, we actually, we don't know what the complications are like 30 or 40 years down the road for kids with Omnipods and Dexcom because we're not we're not that far yet. Like, the people who have complications now, 30 years down the road, they were yeah, they, diagnosed in the previous century. Like, yeah.
2: it's not.
0: Yeah, they came up with, like, MPH and regular and stuff like that. Exactly, shoot, yeah. Shoot three times a day. So. Yeah. Can so I,
2: can I like, ask you
0: a question without, um, sure. I, I'm not. I'm not saying, like, tell people what you did wrong, because I, I think that your point from lawyer mm. is well taken. Like, I think things just happen the way they happen. But mm. in hindsight, do you see where you, where if something would have happened differently, you might not be in this situation?
1: Um, I think, I mean, when I listen to, like, honestly, the thing that, got me to take control because obviously when my eyes started bleeding and all that, I took it more seriously, but my A1C one was still maybe seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a bit better, but like, it wasn't, wasn't where I wanted it. Um, what actually made me take it really seriously, or did not even take it seriously, but just get better at managing it was hearing the way that you speak. And I mean, I went. Right back to the start, like episode one. Hearing the way you spoke about Arden's diabetes was so like I know she's your daughter and everything, but it was so separate from you. You know, you were like, it's this objective thing, and one plus one is two, and I do this and I give the insulin and I do the pre bolus and it wasn't this personal thing. It wasn't like, oh, life is unfair and I have to take insulin and it was just like an equation almost. It was like, you know, this is how we do the thing yeah. step by step and it was very uh whereas for me as a kid it was like this personal attack on me like every time i checked my blood sugar and it was high which was almost every time which you can understand why i didn't want to check my blood sugar it just felt like this like moral judgment of me like i've done something wrong like i'm a bad person but at the same time, feeling like this isn't fair because I didn't mean to do anything wrong, like I didn't want to do anything bad
2: yeah
1: um so I think the more hands on parents approach hands off child approach, I think maybe they tried to involve me in decision making a little too young mm-hmm. um. <clears throat>
0: I've heard that from a lot think, of people yeah. like their parents. I
1: I know, I know yeah. a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want them to understand their care and whatever." And if that's working, that's great, but if it's not working, I would say something needs to change. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean also my my care team in Dublin, I have this like one one nurse who really stands out in my mind, and it's funny because I think back to things that she said and i'm like oh she was right i just didn't listen to her but she's probably the only one that i want to think about it i'm like i should have listened to her the rest of them were just kind of like you're not doing good enough and you need to change these things and like not helpful Yeah. And they were kind of just looking at readings and being like, you need to increase your insulin here. And I was like, you don't know me. You don't know what I did that day. You don't, you're asking me what I ate on July 18th, 2019. And I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, so I always kind of just felt like um, these doctors don't know what they're talking about. So I'm not going to listen to them, um, which was partly, you know, my own Childish arrogance and also the fact that they, like, even looking back now and like, wow, those doctors didn't know what they were talking about. Um, Don't you think it's obvious,
0: too, even to a kid? Like, when somebody doesn't know what they're saying, anybody with a half-tuned bullshit detector is like, hmm, you made that up. You know, like, if you knew what to do, you would tell me. Like, why are you just telling me I'm doing it wrong and not finishing the sentence and telling me how to do it right?
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's it's like, there, there were so many times, and I can remember it now, so many times when I was a kid where I was like, I wish someone would just take over my diabetes for me. Like, yeah. just do all my, do my finger pricks, do my injections, just that, like, I don't have to think about it. And when I think about it now, I'm like, that's what parents these days are doing.
0: Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, Arden's at an age now where she's basically like, I have it, leave me alone, I got it, I know what I'm doing, like that kind of stuff, Right. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, like, that's fine. But every once in a while, like, she'll come back from college and we'll just be, I don't know, in a restaurant, for example. And she just kind of looks at me and just slides her (laughs) phone across the table. Like, (laughs) why don't you bowl us for this meal and keep me out of this for this one? You know what I mean? And so,
2: yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's all, I don't know. I have a lot of questions. For one, here's my biggest question Mm. Do you think, that for the want of a space musician is too long of a title for an episode, because <laughs> I'm afraid it's too long. Uh, it's going to get cut so off in the player.
1: I don't think. I mean, because most of them do the scrolly thing, and I'm thinking uh, hard about it. I really think that's the, the way to go. Being a, honest,
0: I mean, for the want.
1: I mean, you could also. I was going to say you could you could say for the what of a space musician, Yes. But I, don't I don't know, know if,
0: if people would get that. <laughs> They just think like, oh Especially my
1: because that's not what I said, so. Uh,
0: people would just assume it was a typo, don't you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. maybe, yeah. Hey, also, real quick, uh, just I don't know.
0: so I know, about like 10 minutes ago, you said your last name. You want me to take it out when I'm editing?
1: Oh, yeah, I'll do okay.
0: that. All right, I will, don't worry. Yeah. Right,
2: okay.
1: I mean, I don't think anyone I know listens to this, but. Um, we well, haven't know. said anything bad I don't, about anybody I don't, yet. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't want my parents to hear this. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Why? Just because. I we don't you know we're Irish and Catholic and repressed and we don't talk about things like that
2: so
0: Yeah. I was crying the other day cuz my son left and I no. watched my wife look right through me. I was like <laughs> I was like her Irish won't even let her talk to me right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. We don't can't do that. So. Can I
0: tell you what I cried about?
1: What did you cry about?
0: So I like cooking for my family and interesting and i like to every once in a while like when i have a little free time the way i usually unwind is to make cookies for the kids Mm. and they don't even as they get older if i'm being honest they barely eat them like sometimes they just sit there and get thrown away later okay but i get an immense amount of um happiness out of making the cookies and so, my daughter's away at school right now, and my son just moved away really far for a job. And we have some things that every time every time somebody leaves the house, they leave something behind. So, we have these boxes of, of like, little things that have been left behind that I'm getting ready to mail to my family. I mean,
1: I've been abroad for five years, and I still have stuff in my parents' house. Right. So. Well, your parents yeah, are lazy,
0: yeah. or they would have sent it to you by now. So, I have these boxes <laughs> of little things that are going to get sent to the kids, and I thought, oh, I'll bake cookies and put them in the box. (laughs) So I'm making the cookies and it doesn't feel the same. Mm. And I'm mixing them and putting them on the pan and it just doesn't feel right. Like the whole Mm. thing feels wrong. Like I'm not getting any of the, I don't even know what it is. Like I can't, as now I'm standing there at the oven thinking, what is it I even enjoyed about this? like right like mm. it's like I'm not enjoying making them. I yeah. I'm not going to eat them. I why did I like cooking for them when they were here in the house, the kids? And why is the fact that they're not here robbing this experience of every bit of joy that it used to have? And mm. I and I start to cry. And then my Irish Catholic wife looked at me and just <laughs> pretended she didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna lie. When you were saying, uh, like, oh, and something didn't feel right, I thought you were gonna say, like, and then I realized that I'd switched the sugar and the salt, or you know, something that you had just like.
0: No, I meant I don't metaphysically. Know. No, you just feel o- right emotionally. Yet. Yeah, like I just yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like it. Just in my heart, the the task was empty. Yeah. And it used to feel so yeah. wonderful, and that wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was watching. Irish Kelly, look at me like, oh, he's crying. Yeah. I'm just look away. So I don't have to t- deal with this.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We don't do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I cry all the time. It's like one of my big pastimes is having a good cry. But I'm on your own. I'm, oh, like whatever. On my own with people like, I'll, I, you know, and I will I, I will cry uh, in front of my parents. No problem. But I would not do so. Or I wouldn't. It, I wouldn't want to do so while bringing up something that they did or didn't do or you know like mm-hmm. them being the reason yeah. that's more the part i mean the talking the yeah
2: talking you're, you're not part. getting to or, that ever
1: or saying like oh hey mom and dad if maybe you had done things differently i wouldn't have kidney damage now or you know i'm like they don't need that either right. if i wanted like and yeah, you also don't them to blame today, them right no yeah right. exactly um it's just it's just different like it was different and i think i mean during the pandemic i think a lot of uh, a lot of couples separated and i think those couples maybe if it weren't for lockdown and whatever i think they never would have separated and they may have gone on to have very whatever happy normal lives if they had never gone through that period of like extreme stress and pressure and confinement, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is not to say that like it was meant to be, or it wasn't meant to be or whatever. I just think that sometimes you can't take the pressure and you don't stand up to whatever it is that's thrown at you and doesn't make you a bad person or whatever. It just.
0: Right. I think anyone during lockdown who didn't think, I wonder if we're going to make it out of this. Wasn't being honest with themselves. If you didn't think that. If you're married and you didn't think that, you weren't being honest with yourself.
1: (laughs) I mean, do you want to hear something horrifying? Of course Um, I do. On October 2nd, 2021, I was supposed to get married. Uh, But six months before that, my ex was like, fuck it, I can't do it anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we just came out of winter. Obviously, everything is terrible. His sister and her friend moved into our... Two-room apartment for four months. Ew. Uh over the winter, like when there was lockdown, couldn't go outside. Uh Berlin is super dark in the winter, everything. Everyone was depressed. No one could get out of bed in the morning. Um and after the kind of winter was done, he had a thesis deadline coming up, all this kind of stuff. And he was just like, Oh, I can't take it. And I was like, You're just letting like you're the dep- that's the pressure talking, you know summer's coming it'll be you know you'll feel better um you'll submit your thesis like you'll the pressure will be off your sister's moved out of our apartment mm-hmm. it'll all be fine just like uh, let's just talk about it if you want to take some space and like I don't know maybe go back to Ireland for a while or whatever and he was like no I'm done I'm gone and he's still done and gone and that's you know I was kind of like oh he'll be back I'm super angry but he'll be back and No, that chapter is closed, but um, I'm like, if that pandemic never happened, I'm pretty sure I would be married right now, and it's okay that I'm not, and I'm, you know, I'm happy with my life now, and I am with someone new, and it's all good, but.
0: Yeah, because he might have just divorced you in the middle of it then. Like, six months in, he might have been like, that might have been more pressure. Wow. See, that seems like luck to me.
2: The
1: weird thing is that I I do think the whole uh, concept of marriage or whatever um, was the the catalyst that like, Oh, God, I can't do this. But the thing is that, like, six months before this for no, not even six months, let me think. Yeah, six months before this, we adopted a puppy. And I'm like, a puppy is way more commitment than marriage, a puppy is gonna live for like 10 or 15 years. Can't divorce the puppy. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean he he was just like you you keep the dog, whatever, she's yours. So um <laughs> You keep yeah. the dog.
0: What a warm was he also Irish? What a warm conversation you had. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> um Seriously, so, I'm leaving. Yeah, I mean,
0: okay. Mm, that's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just like it's I sometimes I think about if it weren't for this weird moment in everyone's lives, I would probably be living a very different life right now. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, who's to say whether that is good or bad? So I mean to bring that back to the diabetes, it's like you know, it is it is what it is. We love to say that in Ireland. It is what it is.
0: It is what it is.
1: Um it, and Sherlock, there you are. It is what it is.
0: Where do you stand on this? <laughs> we're very stuff? we're very resigned, You're you know. Resigned. We like to
1: just we like to just say like, uh, yeah. I happened. don't
0: I don't know how to explain it. I've had so many interesting moments like i am my my wife's father who um you know i think is a comes from a pretty strictly kind of british background um and the mother's irish i mean they're just mixed right in there and the mother my my mother-in-law is like the mother i just said it like i was pairing up puppies (laughs) like i was like you're gonna love this one the mother's irish and and so um i've seen them have conversations where one of them has said something emotional and then everyone gets upset, and then <laughs> then I get blamed for having a conversation that lets somebody say what they thought out loud. <laughs> they're like, "It's they're his like
1: you, you Americans, you just say your feelings all the time."
0: Yeah, it's his fault. I'm like, "Whoa, you said it, not me." Also, I'm not involved in this. Um, <laughs> but it it is really, and my son has it from my wife. But Arden's Arden's quiet right up until she's me, and then and then she's emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and my my son's quiet right up until he's me, and then he's goofy. No, it's interesting. Okay. So, yeah. um, but uh, where do we stand on this uh, Sourcey Ronan girl? We okay with her?
1: Circe Ronan. Is that how you say it? Yeah,
0: I like her, Saoirse. but I don't know how you feel if like you're from the place.
1: Um, I think she's grand. Um, I don't. I'm not like a big fan. I don't. I'm ambivalent. <laughs> what a,
0: a review i hope she hears it. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, no, what I a review
0: what good news she <laughs> doesn't hate you <laughs> doesn't like you yeah doesn't really know anything you better
1: <laughs> yeah it's more like who am i to judge you know
0: oh that's a lovely your generation statement <laughs> young people won't uh, judge anybody
1: I mean, I love judging people that I know, but people I don't know, I don't, it mm. doesn't feel
0: Generalization doesn't feel is right. uh, the basis of all that is good and fun. And I don't know why. Absolutely. I, it's why young people <laughs> won't do good podcasts, by the way. You can't, <laughs> you have to be able to just randomly say something and go, I don't know, but I don't like that girl in that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like every time in my life, when I've sort of taken a stance on not liking something, a few years later, I've turned around and, or I've, you know, I've met someone who I like, I admire or I agree with on lots of things. And they're like, oh, no, that thing, actually, I really like that. And I'm like, why do I hate this thing again? And yeah. then I give it a second chance. And I'm like, actually, this is good. So I just, you know,
0: I think that's good, though, because it, it lets you see that you had a strong feeling about something for no reason.
1: Mm.
2: And
0: then but if if everyone walks around being milk toast all the time, then you're never gonna have a you're never gonna take a stance on anything. So you won't be able to look back later and go, "Oh, I was wrong about that." Like me with Bruce I'm Springsteen, very,
1: I'm very pro being like I'm very pro having very strong pro stances. So I'm strongly pro. You're pro strong, pro. pro. Proness. <laughs> I'm pro pro. Yeah. I think I just think it it used to be cool not to like things, and I think it should be cool to like things again. You know.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. But, I mean, a good example of, like, I told you I listened to that Bruce Springsteen interview. And then Mm. after that, I listened to more Bruce Springsteen music in two weeks than I'd heard my entire life. Mm. And so he got Mm. me. He had a good story and he got me. And I wasn't mad at myself for having spent my whole life not listening to Bruce Springsteen. Um, And I, you know, I was just like, all right, well, I guess this is a thing. I don't love it still. But... I mean, I don't understand why people go to every Bruce Springsteen concert they can.
1: Because you never know if he's going to make it to the next one.
0: This is just you being funny.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, he did – you did a – he was on – who's that guy? Uh, Jimmy Fallon, the guy who likes Ariana Grande. Is it Jimmy Fallon?
0: (laughs) I hope Jimmy Fallon (laughs) hears this. To this person, you're the guy who likes Ariana Grande.
1: Well, it's just – so I really love Ariana Grande. And so that's kind of, I think the, the most Jimmy Fallon content I've ever watched is when he has Ariana Grande on, which is weirdly frequently. So that's I, that's I just connection. imagine
0: that Jimmy Fallon believes that whether you love him or not, people know who he is. And that if he heard that, he'd think this person has no idea who I am other than to say I'm the guy who likes <laughs> Ariana Grande. I love that idea. Oh, I hope Or not.
1: else he'd be like, Who's that weird German girl? She doesn't know what she's talking about. You're not even German. Stop it. No, I'm not, but you know. Um I, I, But yeah, no, Bruce Springsteen was on Jimmy Fallon and he's talking about the lyrics to Thunder Road and the argument over whether the lyrics are um the screen door slams, Mary's dress sways or waves because apparently the crowd is divided on this. And he said uh, he's talking about Like how meticulously he went over everything at the time and how he was like a real, uh, he was really neurotic about every detail and how he went back to settle the argument and he opens a sleeve and he's looking at the lyrics and it says, Mary's dress waves. And he turns around to Jimmy Fallon and he's like, the book is wrong. It sways. (laughs) I just, I love him. He's just, I don't know. He's like.
0: Can I ask a question? That's weird. Sure. All right. Do you find yourself in your generation looking at things like music for example, where a song is super catchy and then because of generations of people being more sensitive to certain things, the thing becomes persona non grata all of a sudden. Like what was that Christmas song that we can't sing anymore? Baby it's cold outside. Because oh, I thought you
1: were going to say "Fairytale of New York." I think all the Christmas songs are just canceled now at this point.
0: Yeah, but right, but like I can <laughs> we can't sing "Baby It's Cold Outside" because some people say that it seems like this guy's getting this girl liquored up and keeping her in his house, right? And I I'm, think
1: people got over that one, but I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, or like there's some like there's some songs, right? Like, uh, was she's 16, she's beautiful, and she's mine, being sung by a guy who's way older than that, like that, yeah. Kind of, yeah. But you don't care? I
1: mean, the, the big one, I guess, for my generation was probably Blurred Lines. Um, the Robin Thicke one. It's got some... Is that, I don't even remember. Is that think, because of
0: how he treated people on the set while they were making the video, though?
1: I think it was the lyrics. I remember at the time, I was kind of like, I don't really get this, but um, student unions are trying to have it banned on campuses, so I'll just go with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was a cool song, but I wasn't, not enough to defend it, you know?
0: Yeah, I um, um, I would not defend Robin Thicke, as I don't know him no. or care about him. But I would tell yeah. you this, he doesn't seem smart enough to write something thoughtful.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, no. I mean, there was, there was just, there was, apparently in the lyrics, there was a lot of stuff about, like, uh, oh, that was, I mean, it's all in the title of the song, The Blurred Lines, kind of the idea that, you know, like consent and sometimes I think you want it I think oh yeah all right that was the whole thing can I tell you something It wasn't.
0: I've heard that song a billion times I never I didn't even listen to it close enough to know that
1: I've talked about this I mean I feel like at least three or four times in my life and that's the first time that I made the connection yeah
0: yeah, I'm not (laughs) but this is back to the Jimmy Fallon thing does the is Robin Thicke somewhere thinking that everything he says out loud is consumed by his fans and understood completely I listen on a smaller level, I do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I already said that on the podcast, as if that means everyone's heard it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's a weird thing. Anyway, this isn't the point. I don't
1: have fans or listeners, so I don't think about this. You, you have me. I was a huge
0: fan of yours.
1: <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> Seriously. It's really fun depressing. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm but, so sorry. But,
0: but have I we... will
1: send you my space music. I actually have a I have a second I have a second track of space music that I can send you.
0: I want this. It's literally going to oh, be wow. on this episode. Give it as okay. That I get. It goes right on this episode. We've skipped over one big thing in your notes. Are we going to talk about yes.
1: it? Yes. We can. Um
0: so it's um you know <sighs> I don't know. I guess people say trigger warning and stuff like that, but I can never remember to do that. I apologize. Uh, but mm.
1: I for, mean, I think you brought it up already it's, during the conversation. It's so. my
0: trigger this week because, um, I have interviewed one, two, I, a lot of people this week who have had suicidal thoughts or attempts. And I don't know what happened that they all got clustered together in one recording week. Um, but did you have thoughts or did you try?
1: So, um, I realized I never finished the the bit about the insulin pump, which was that I had it till I was 17 or 18. Basically the doctors said, this is costing the state more money than we can justify with your results. I said, I don't care. I don't give a. I'm depressed whatever take it away from me I can use pens to do the same thing they did that was that for 10 years till I went to my German doctor and I said hey I want an insulin pump and was expecting to be fought on it saying like oh we reserve those for the best diabetics and he instead said well what do you want and I wasn't expecting that um but anyway um I'm now on Omnipod and everything um and closed looping and everything and it's all great HBO and is 5.6 but back then, uh back in the days when I had my old wired uh insulin tubed, I guess. They're not wires of mm-hmm. tubes. Um insulin pump. Um yeah, I'm trying to remember now. So when I was fourteen, so I guess I'd had the insulin pump for about a year and a half. Um like as a as a kid it was <sighs> It's weird to think about it now because it doesn't happen anymore. But anytime we had a family dinner, so anytime we went to a restaurant or like sat down on a Sunday or whatever, there would always be some point in the the conversation where my family would like try to wind me up because they knew that I, I mean, in hindsight, again, being a child with a high HbA1c, high blood sugars, it's... uh, pretty normal i think that i was um moody's not the word but like i you know i was easy to anger i i didn't have tantrums but i just i would get angry like you know deep in my bones like red flaming angry
2: yeah
1: quite easily um which is not something that happens now so again i think i don't think that's all you know maturity I think that's there's definitely a very chemical element of Oh, I agree. My blood sugars are in control. Yeah. So um anyway, it sort of became the game of like who can make Sheila angry during dinner. And I, being a child, was not uh like was not aware enough to stop myself playing into this. You know, I think as an adult, you go to dinner with your racist uncle and you sort of just sit quiet or you know you don't you don't play into it but as a child of like this kind of happened for as long as I can remember so as a child of seven years old you're not gonna sit there and be like oh I'm gonna be the bigger person and not uh not give in when my dad is teasing me you know so this every single meal every time we went to a restaurant or tried to have like a nice family evening every single time there would be something And someone in the family would say, like, oh, Sheila, relax, they're just trying to wind you up. And this doesn't really, I don't think that's a reason, that's like saying, like, oh, he was only joking, don't, you know?
2: Right.
1: Um, So I would play into it every time, I would get angry, I would storm off crying to the bathrooms or whatever. Or else, either, either I would get angry and storm off crying, and someone would come and get me and be like, oh, you know, they're sorry, and whatever. Or I would end up like yelling or something. I would get in trouble. Like my parents would yell at me and I would go off crying and whatever sort of same result anyway, not good feelings. Um, so I'm 14 ish, um, insulin pump for about a year and a half at this point, I guess. And I've just finished, I did this sort of, uh, like science, uh, exhibition competition thing which um, ended, well, it, it involved like, you know, you, you prepare a project and then it's judged and whatever, but it basically involves like a week of activities, uh, socializing with the other competitors, like uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very little uh, parental supervision, whatever. At this point in my life, I have already started drinking because in Ireland, it's not so much that everyone does it, but it's very easy to do. Um, I was at this point like rating my parents alcohol. Um, I realized that it was not a not a good feeling, but it, you know, I mean, the way that people these days who are addicted to alcohol, they like it because it's a form of like, it's a way, it's an escape. It's a, it's a form of escapism as a 13 and a 14 year old, I was drinking to escape my day-to-day life. So um, as a 14 year old, I'm at my science competition. Um, I'm with all my friends. I've made loads of new friends. We're drinking at this like, you know, disco or whatever. Um, and when that week comes to an end and I'm f- suddenly thrust back into like oh i'm with my family every day i'm with my parents all the time parental supervision and it just like something kind of snaps uh, we're having dinner it's a sunday evening um and like we have whatever the fight is at the dinner table i run out of the house um i don't i don't take anything i don't take my phone i don't take anything with me I just run out, I go for a long walk. I'm very upset. Um, I'm like sitting on a bench in a park. It's like 9 PM, not really a time that any 14 year old should be out in a park. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sort of sitting there being like, I'll show them, you know, like I'll show them, like I'll teach them a lesson. Mm -hmm. Like I'll I'll teach them to be so mean to me uh, and to upset me. And I just, I don't even know how much it was, but I think I took like 120 units of insulin.
0: Oh my God.
1: Just sitting there. Um, And I had done a site change that day. So it was like fresh cartridge, uh, fresh everything. And I don't know what it is now. I don't have any pain um, with the Omnipod, but back then if I did more than like five or six units, it was it was painful. I think it also injected much faster than the Omnipod does.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's possibly why. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fun to inject. And there was, I mean, there was a whatever, a bolus uh, limit or whatever. So I think I had to do like several, um, I have to input like several rounds of I don't know how many units. Yeah. And then I just kind of start walking again. And and obviously I'm starting to feel the effects now of the low, and as anyone will tell you, if, if you wake up in the middle of the night with a low blood sugar, you eat the whole kitchen. And it was sort of like that um, in that I stopped thinking about like, you know, my, <laughs> my brain went into like, um, uh survival mode yeah. it was like okay stop 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 with those depressed uh whatever uh, metaphysical uh, depressed intellectual uh thinking and just tr- get some sugar you know get mm-hmm. some food um stop thinking about your feelings just get food now so I'm walking past a supermarket I go in I buy a bunch of stuff I don't even know what it was um I eat it and I don't like the maths doesn't work at. Um, because 120 units of insulin, I didn't even know, but as we know, insulin sensitivity is not linear. Um, for me, when my blood sugar gets low, I become extremely insulin resistant, um, which is great for me because once I hit about like, I'm trying to think in American figures here, once I hit about 50, it kind of just plateaus there. It's very rare that I go below that because Mm. my body just is like, no, no insulin, no more. So um, I guess that helped. I guess my liver helped out. I don't know. Wow. Um. So I go home. I sit in the garden for a while. I think I also set a temporary basal rate. Like I don't. The I haven't thought about this in so long that it's like it's 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 not the kind of thing I like to think about all the time. So the details are blurry. But I think I also set a temporary basal rate of like. 200 or something and then you know i get in trouble with my parents for running out and not telling them where i was going taking my phone whatever um and i go to bed and i get up the next morning and i still obviously feel like crap because yeah but obviously um None when that you abuse your body yeah. like it it was like a hangover you know um and mixed with everything else. Um, plus,
0: yeah, plus, and plus, how you felt that led up to yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's it's like my brain. You know, my blood sugar had stabilized enough that my brain was back to like, okay, we've sorted out the emergency. We can go back to thinking about our like non. Uh, what's what's that uh, the hierarchy of needs thingy? It, it was it was that basically. Yeah. Um, it was like okay that this this thing is gone, so now we can think about this thing. So I'm I'm I go to school and I'm still like Jesus like I just do not want to be alive like I can't deal with this, um, and I'm I was a very um, like uh, what's the word like I don't know like high achieving uh, like a school student mm-hmm. I always put a lot of pressure on myself in school so school was generally a stressful place. So again, I am, I'm in school and again, I just take like masses and masses of insulin and, uh, and I get home. I don't even know, like thinking back on it now, the, these events don't make sense because I'm like, I would have had to eat so much and I don't think I did, but um, I get home somehow um in one piece my mom is at work um and i go up to my room (laughs) to see (laughs) i go up to my room to see all the vodka bottles lined up on the bed and i'm like gosh she's (laughs) she was cleaning my room or something you know which is not something in our house it was you clean your own room there was none of this you know, mom did not do our laundry. Well, I'm sure she did our laundry at some point, but at age 14, I was doing my own laundry. I was cleaning my own room. And I'm there going like, I don't know why she was in here, but I'm in it now. There's no getting out of
2: this. Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, still feeling the way I felt the last two days, plus somehow hanging on with having taken like 300 units of insulin in the last 24 hours and then faced with this and I was like oh my god like I just want uh, there's all that plus now I'm I'm also gonna get in trouble and I was like screw this and just so I go into the medicine cabinet um my sister this (laughs) I know you're gonna want to ask questions about this my sister has rheumatoid arthritis since she was like nine years old Mm -hmm. so there's um more autoimmune stuff in the family um She has these giant boxes of paracetamol, like big tubs that you can't buy normally over the counter because they just won't sell you that many. Um, And I just take one of the tubs and I go into my room and then I hear the front door open. So I stash it in a drawer and I'm like, okay, uh, I can't take care of that now. (laughs) I can't take care of killing myself now. I've got to do it later. Um, And I go downstairs. And my mom is there and she's like looking at me, you know. And there's, there's no one else at home at this point. I don't know where everyone was, but um, it's just the two of us. And we sit down in the kitchen and she just wants to have the talk of like, you know, my teenage daughter is drinking and now we're going to talk about the dangers of alcohol. But for me, it feels so much bigger because it's piled on top of everything else. I feel like my life is over. And also when considering the ways my parents would um would say like your blood sugar is high so like you're grounded or we're taking your phone away that kind of stuff i was like well if that's what they do for a high blood sugar what the hell are they going to do for this Mm. so i'm sitting there and my pump is beeping because the insulin reservoir is low right or is empty or whatever And we're we're talking for a while and she's like, so like, what are we going to do and why did you do this? And then she's like, and why the hell is your pump beeping? We just changed the reservoir yesterday. And at this point I'm like, oh, whatever. It's all out in the open. I might as well just tell her. So I, like, I don't, I don't have loads of other ways of explaining how else I got through 300 units of insulin in 24 hours. So I just, I launch into it. Um, and it's hard to remember what her reaction was. I mean, obviously she was upset and I was upset, but it was, I think she just was sort of like, okay, obviously things are really hard for her right now. So we're not going to freak out about it. We're just going to try to, um, I think she was like, I'm just going to try be a bit more understanding with her. Um and I, th- I think she didn't say anything to my dad or to anyone else in the family at that point, but, you know, just kind of had dinner, went to bed. That's fine. Was it, was it
0: just a big relief to tell somebody?
1: I think so, because I think, I mean, you hear this so often about um a lot of suicide attempts being these kind of cries for help, and I do I mean that was what it was. and even if the cry for help was to the people who were also making me feel bad, it was like a you know, cry for help in the sense of look at what you're doing, like look at what your actions yeah. like look at the pain your actions are causing me.
2: Yeah.
1: and yeah, it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe maybe we might take this seriously now. And so the next morning she comes in and she's like, um, she's like, so I called the hospital and, um, God, I'm really struggling to remember like orders of events now. She was like, I called the hospital and we're gonna, we're gonna go in and see the girls. Like, that's what we used to call the, like the diabetes nurses, which is the girls. It's like, we're going to go in and see the girls later um and you know i can stay home from school and uh as i mentioned previously we were uh we were in charge of cleaning our own rooms which meant that my room was never tidy it was constantly uh, looked like a i don't know just an explosion so she's like what if you know until then what if we just like go th- through your we're just gonna pick up your clothes and tidy stuff put stuff away i think she at the time, it didn't seem, it didn't seem weird to me, but thinking back now, I'm like, I think she wanted to go through and see what else was there. Yeah. Um. And at one point she opens this drawer and she finds this handful of paracetamol that I had just stuffed in a drawer the previous evening that I had totally forgotten about um, because so much other stuff had happened. And I think that's when she kind of flipped because she was like, she was like insulin is something that Sheila understands. And Sheila knows that, you know, and she obviously ate the sugar and she didn't die and she's still here and like, it all worked out. Whereas the paracetamol, she was like, what she said to me after, and I don't know if this is true about paracetamol, I've never looked into it. I feel like maybe she was confusing it with better drugs. Um, But she was like, the problem with, you know, taking, overdosing on paracetamol, is that um, at first you feel really, you feel like everything's better and you feel really good. And then you get really, really violently ill. Um, In hindsight, I feel like maybe paracetamol is not a good enough drug to make you feel really good ever. But um, that's what she said to me, the 14 year old at the time. And she just, she seemed really scared by that because it was something that I think she wasn't expecting. And uh, she, she also, she seemed, angrier like it was like before that she wasn't so angry but then it felt like she was she sort of thought i was like just doing it to mess with her or to you know it didn't feel like it was about me anymore it felt like it was something i was doing to her um which was never like it, it, I wasn't doing this for fun. I wasn't doing this, uh, just cause I was like, you know, what will be hilarious is to mess with people by trying to kill myself. It mm-hmm. was like, no one will listen to me and I need to find a way of either making them listen to me or else just escaping all of it. So for me, it was like deeply, um, <laughs> I mean, deeply selfish, you know, deeply only concerning myself. But for her, it. she sort of She started acting like it was this targeted attack on her. And I was like, come on, lady, that's not,
2: right.
1: don't make this about yourself. Even though, I mean, I realize everything I'm saying is kind of contradicting itself, because I'm saying I was doing it because I wanted to affect them, but that was because of the pain I was in, not because I just wanted to cause them pain. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the hospital. They check me in, they um, are basically like, we don't trust you to be at home right now. Um, And I start to see this very nice, calming psychologist. Um, We go through events, all that stuff. Um, And I think all I can, All I can remember is that, um, I think that must've been the Tuesday. Yeah, it was the Tuesday I was admitted to hospital. And when we got to the Friday, I was like, please don't discharge me. I don't wanna go home because if I went home, it meant I would have to like face my parents and face, like, I just, I knew they were so angry at me. Um, because to them, it was like, I wasn't doing this cause I was in pain. I was just doing this cause I wanted to be a little shit and cause problems for them, mm-hmm. which is not like, it's not an amazing way to be received. Um, yeah. and I think <laughs> when my parents, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know what was communicated between doctors and parents or whatever, but I think when my parents realized that I wasn't coming home that weekend, they were like, okay, well, we have to tell her sisters something. So before that, it was just Sheila's in hospital for her diabetes, which to be honest, was not a rare occurrence for me, it happened probably once a year, um, where the doctors were just like, we don't understand how your A1C is so bad, come into the hospital so we can just observe you for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think by the Friday, my parents were like, okay, we have to tell them something. And, um, and again, I don't know if the doctors told them I didn't want to come home or if they just said they weren't discharging me, but my parents were sort of like, had the attitude of, uh, you know, again, she's just doing this to make our lives more difficult. Um, like, you know, it's a pretty expensive hotel. Not that it costs, I mean, in Ireland, healthcare is free. Like they weren't, you know, paying this, but... You, you still get a bill, it's just, it's paid by the state. Um, so uh, I'm released on the Monday morning and we are told that we're going to start like group therapy, group counselling as a family, which I think is a great idea because obviously there's something not working there. Um, but I think, and this comes back to our fun uh, Catholic repression, my parents took it as, now people are going to know that we're not like, you know, the perfect happy Catholic family. Um, The the Catholicism doesn't come into it. They never would have thought Catholic family, but you know, that's, it's. uh, I think that's They were like, you know, we don't want people to know our business, like we're a family, this should be between family. And also the idea that they had, you know, this group therapy wasn't just to enable us to talk as a family. It was also the fact that a child had tried to kill herself. So obviously, um, I guess in the US, social services would be called, but in Ireland- Honestly, I don't know what the structure is like because it's not something I've engaged with a lot, but um, basically just to see, keep an eye on things, see what was going on. And we had these very nice, uh, these two very nice ladies would come to our house, I think once a week, and the whole family would sit down and we'd all talk. And uh, I mean, I think there was a lot of anger there. And um, from my part, I got to hear from my sisters how they felt um stuff like that they felt that I got more attention than them because I was the problem child or whatever um stuff from my parents about like me not looking after myself and stuff like that. so it definitely helped get things out in the open the way they should be um i'm a I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I think everyone should do therapy. No matter what their life circumstances are, um, even if it's not all the time, I think at some point in their life, everyone needs therapy. Um, and I had I had been seeing psychologists since I was a little kid. Like when you're diagnosed um, in Ireland, they they organize like annual visits with a psychologist just to check that you're developing normally and all that stuff. So those obviously, those visits um, increased after this. Uh, they asked if they needed to take away my insulin pump, but I think they kind of were like, this, I don't, I, don't, I don't think the insulin pump is the danger in this scenario. You know, I think she's a resourceful child and she'll, if she wants to do something, she'll do it. Um, so I kept the insulin pump until, yeah, until I was 17 or 18. Um, and things changed. Um, the family dynamic changed. We didn't have more of those uh, episodes, like the picking on or not even picking on, but like trying to get a rise out of me because I was easy to get a rise out of. But what I did notice was um, that it shifted to um, instead doing that to my mom. So instead of going to a nice restaurant and sitting down as a family, instead of the dinner ending with one of the kids, you know, to an outsider, one of the kids throwing a tantrum and running off in tears, it would end with my mom dissolving into tears. And I was like, wow, our family is so fucked up. And I don't think our family is, you know, outside of the ordinary. I think every family has their uh, problems or, you know especially around communication but you know i don't think we're special in this but i just was like oh wow we obviously have some like thing here we need to work on uh if we have this like weird need to make someone cry at every meal Mm. um beyond just having that observation
0: yeah beyond just like what, the way it was described to you, which is just like, "Oh, I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. I'm just kidding, or something." It, it 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 just kept going and going and going until somebody broke.
1: Yeah, and it's it's like, it's like I don't care if you're just trying to get a rise out of me. Like, why is that something that's fun for you?
0: Yeah, no, why no, no I didn't mean that. You
1: that, want to do? Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh no, no, mean no that, I know, yeah, I know. But yeah. it's just like, why is that something that you as like a a normal, uh, nice, fun loving person? Like, why is that your way of expressing that? Um. Hmm. so yeah I think I don't I feel like the others probably noticed it as well that it was like oh wait a second suddenly all of our meals are ending in tears but it's a different member of the family maybe we need to address this but I guess uh, yeah I mean slowly over time we got better Um. we don't we don't talk about that time Um, and it kind of like, for several years was not talked about. Um, Except, like, there was one time, there was one time my mom brought it up in an argument, but she had totally, like, rewritten events in her mind so that instead of me running out of the house because I was upset with them, it was because I was upset with something one of my friends had said, and she was like, oh, I don't want you hanging out with those friends anymore because like they upset you so much last time. I was like, what are you talking about? And I understand being in denial um, about that kind of thing, and especially being part of the reason. Mm-hmm. I totally understand not being able to deal with that as a, as a concept. Um, but yeah, it was very much just like, we don't talk about this. And when we do talk about it, it's totally warped. It's um, hmm. crazy. So yeah, totally crazy. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I continued, like, even after that, I continued, like, very much not wanting to be alive. Like, I just, everything was too hard. Diabetes oh. was too hard. Um, I've, you know, felt bad all the time. Um, but I also like, after this, I don't know, didn't have the courage, which feels like a weird way to phrase it. But, you know, I wasn't brave enough to like, actually do anything about it. Did you want to? You know.
0: Like, how long do you feel like you wanted to?
1: Oh, God, like probably 10 years.
0: After Into your that. early twenties, um,
1: yeah. Okay. In a in a sort of way that I was like, I'm not going to do anything about this. But if like if God struck me down in the night, I would be happy about it.
0: Hmm. And w- when did you move out of your parents' house? How old were you then?
1: Oh, about that age. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, i i lived uh, I lived on campus for my last year of college. And it was better, but I think the mixture of uh, final year pressure and still like still very much, you know, I'd still go home for the weekends. I was still in Dublin. I was still, you know, still in that environment. Uh, It was not an amazing year, mental health wise or physical health wise. And um, once I finished, once I graduated, I moved home for about 6 months where I was working uh I was working with my dad so in the company he worked for and I was also still working in the bar that I had been working working in in college so I was working two jobs and living at home with my parents and it was just hell and I started seeing I I remember seeing my my Endo and he was like I, I think before he even spoke I was like hey I know my numbers are really bad, but I just, I don't have it in me to care about it. You know, I don't, I don't have the strength to look after myself because I don't care enough about myself to do that. And he was just like, okay, we'll make you an appointment with a psychologist. Um, Which was, you know, he was like, there's no point giving you advice about insulin right now when that's yeah. obviously not the problem. So I see the psychologist and I'm... Seeing her for a while, and I I finish my my contract at the my dad's company, and I go off to get my first real big girl job, and a few weeks later I move out into a tiny, teeny tiny apartment, um, with a bedroom the size of a single bed with like maybe a foot between the bed and the wall so you could get in, um, and about a month later my psychologist uh, yeah about a month after I move out the psychologist is like you know I think our work here is done you seem fine now hmm. so it's uh, it's definitely a thing and it's not that you know I don't I don't hate my parents or even dislike my parents um, and like I said we get along great but it was not it just wasn't an environment that I could be in yeah. at that time
0: so are they different? Parentally than they are like when you think of them. Like if I just asked you to describe your parents as people, mm. how would you think of them? Um You okay, by mom. the way? You're you're breathing. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm I'm having a good cry here.
0: So. Did you <laughs> expect this when you asked to come on?
1: Oh yeah, I knew I was gonna cry.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I knew I'm yeah, sorry. I knew it. Okay. Um, no, it's okay. Yeah, but if you don't mind, like, <laughs> can you describe them as people like trying to forget about your parental-child relationship?
1: Yeah. Um. So my mom is like very chatty, and she's really involved in like social stuff, and she loves she loves organizing stuff. She loves, uh, you know, um,
2: just Hi very bae. kind
1: of like no
2: no um
1: she's like very good at organizing other people and very bad at organizing herself huh. um okay so like sort of person who she can like go into a room and like uh rearrange it and i don't know do amazing stuff but then you look at her office and it's like just stacks of papers and empty boxes and like uh, christmas decorations and you know so i don't know um, That's interesting. she's like She's a little bit scatterbrained, but also very. Uh, I don't know. She's she's got this like she's got all the spatial awareness and logicy brain, mathematics-y type stuff, but then got the sort of like uh, crazy. What's that like? Crazy scientist kind of stuff going on where like everything around her is a mess, but yeah. the thing she's working on is perfect yeah. type stuff. Um, But very outgoing, bubbly, uh, social, um, friendly, whatever. Um, My dad is... Let me ask you about your
0: mom. Was she one of the people who picked on you in the restaurants?
1: I would say less so. Okay. Um, But at the same time... uh,
0: She didn't stop anybody from doing it either, right?
1: Yeah. And also, like, she was probably the person closest to my diabetes care and that that aspect of like Mm -hmm. uh, me feeling bad about like having high numbers and whatever yeah um so it kind of yeah and she's also definitely much more like she cares what other people think so like if I was going out of the house wearing something she didn't like, she'd be worried about what the neighbors would think of her because her child looks like that or
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that kind of thing. So and she she would definitely put that on me. Like she'd be like, "You know, why did you do this? What are people going to think of me?" And I was like, "I don't know what people are going to think of you. It's my life." Like Do you think man. she thought
0: you looked bad or do you think she worried about what people would think? Cuz I see those as two different things. Like, I mean
1: th- I don't think she thought I looked good
0: you, but was she judging you like if there was no one else in the world would she have looked and said i'm not comfortable with what you're wearing or was no it I think p- it
1: was it was definitely more about other people pressure from the outside of people okay yeah yeah I mean i yeah
0: I wonder why she cared
1: I think again it's just like to me, that feels very Irish. It feels very like small town. Everyone is going to talk about everyone, um, which all of Ireland is. Ireland is just all small towns. Like there's no big, no big towns. Even Dublin, like, which is the capital city. It's only a million people. <laughs> like, so
0: head, like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah still, it's you it's, know, it's something about how she grew up that, yeah. that got in her head about that. Then, yeah. So now describe your dad as a person.
1: Um, my dad, I think, to his friends would seem like laid-back, uh, funny. Um, he likes um, he he likes kind of leisure stuff. He likes playing golf and sailing and going for walks and you know taking it easy. And um, he got a rotary saw and he likes to do stuff with i don't know trees and stuff now he's retired now since yeah. about two years so he's like he's like i'm gonna take up a hobby and start uh carpentry and i don't know he just he likes to enjoy life And but he yeah. was the one that would um, take
0: the piss out of you right
1: yeah and he also um like grew up he's, he's a very smart man um he grew up working very hard But he also was kind of, uh, he came out of university, you know, worked as an engineer, a chemical engineer for a few years. And then someone basically headhunted him to run a company. And that's where he stayed for the next like 40 years in his career. So he was sort of like, I worked really hard in my life and that's where it got me. And he is a little bit, one of those people who is like, I don't know what these people are all complaining about. If they just knuckled down and got a job, they'd have a house and a Mm -hmm. nice garden and a boat and a car, you know? Does he have an engineer's mind?
0: Is he a little not socially, he's a little socially awkward,
1: but we, we, no, No? it's, we're all, everyone in the family has the engineer's brain. Like we're all problem solving, logic-y type people. Do you Um, think he
0: was trying to toughen you up because of the diabetes? Like, have you ever thought, like, I, I mean, obviously not the right thing to do. I'm not saying that. I'm wondering, like, what was his, because you're not describing a mean person.
2: Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's, and I mean, this is obviously my perspective now, as yeah. I know them differently. I think if you'd asked me 15 years ago to describe them, <laughs> I would have said, like, my mom is a nosy, busybody who's always telling me what to do, and she's so annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think, honestly, I think for the family, it was just that it was it was funny. They were like, "Oh, look, if I if I push this button, she's going to explode." And ha ha ha! I I think they weren't thinking about it like, "Oh, this actually affects a person." Are you um, like them?
0: I let me tell you why I'm asking. I'll never forget in second gra- second grade, I had a teacher. Her name was Mrs. Nelson, and she and I hated each other and I mean imagine how old I was in second grade I mean what is I don't know how old that is right, hold on a second now you're gonna make me think five in kindergarten I was seven okay okay so I'm um, seven she's a grown ass lady okay um and we <laughs> went at each other like I don't know like it, like we were Russia and the US during the Cold War like like every day we beat the hell out of each other like it just back and forth and back and forth, and I will never forget that on the last day of school, she took me out in the hall. I spent a lot of time in the hall. Sheila. Mm. So, um, she put me in the hall on the last day of school when everybody was having a party and having fun. I just stand in the oh. hall for seven and a half hours by myself.
1: Oh my god!
0: She just she just she's just gonna get me one more time, right?
1: I and, think these days they call that child abuse. Well,
0: trust me, look at me. Made me almost tough, and so um. <laughs> at the end of the day she comes out and she says something to the effect of in the end Scott you and I we're just too much alike <laughs> and i was like yeah i see that <laughs> and, then, and then i went in the room grabbed up my stuff looked at everybody who i would never see again probably all summer felt like forever uh, and i and i left and um mm. and i'll never forget her saying that like i i really I do think there was something to that. Like we were so similar that we just just attacked each other constantly. And I don't know yeah. why that happens.
1: I mean I would say I'm I'm similar to both my parents. Like yeah. There's definitely aspects of both of them that I embody or whatever. Also, by the way,
0: I don't think you should treat a seven-year-old like that. She obviously had the upper hand.
1: No, head. absolutely not. Yeah. By the way, like
0: if, she, if she was still alive, which she's not, she's got to be dead forever. But if she was alive now, <laughs> I
1: love that you know that.
0: Oh well, I mean, she was. She had to be in her late fifties then. I mean, that was forty-three years ago. She's not alive now. She's not. She's no Bruce Springsteen. And yeah. um and so um, I, I just want to tell her 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 dead self. I could I could have got the best of you as an adult. If we would, <laughs> if we so would have been a fair fight and it was her in her 50s and me in her 50s, I could have drove her out of her mind if I wanted to. But at a seven year, as a seven year old, I was limited still. Yeah, no, you yeah, 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 you,
1: yeah, but also, yeah, it's like you were seven. What were you supposed to do? She was a grown woman.
0: It's a ridiculous story that absolutely is true that I just kind of remembered because of your conversation, honestly. And yeah. I was like, wow, they're just torturing each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had teachers over the years who, you know, were extra hard on me because they wanted to get, they, you know, they thought I I was, the class was too easy for me. I was taking it. I was resting on my laurels and they wanted to push me so I would get better results. I had teachers, we had uh, sort of like, uh, we do these like fake exams before our real exams um, to prepare and you send them out for, to like external examiners from other schools to, who mark them because they don't know you. So they can't, uh, you know, there's no favoritism or whatever. I had teachers who marked down my independent examiners. They were like, no, no, no. I don't want you slacking before the exam. So I had teachers who were super hard on me, but I never felt like they were picking on me. I just felt like, you know, I understand what this is. They're clear in what they're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I need to keep up the hard work, whatever. I don't think that's what this was.
0: No, your dad was just it, being it, shitty. Yeah, this.
1: Yeah, this felt like you know she's the she's the the clown today that we're going to pick on and laugh at, and hmm. that's
0: well, that's f- up is what that is. Uh, it
1: is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in the end, everyone I think learned a lesson of compassion and empathy and yeah. whatever. Well, on
0: and your we're ass, all they, better on, for it. On your ass, like, they learned it. But yeah, yeah, I, I exactly. get you. Yeah, yeah. And did you? Yeah. It, 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 and so now, as an adult, like almost 30 years old, day-to-day, how often do you think about this? Not, It seems like you struggled to remember the story a little bit. So,
1: Yeah, I would say I don't think about it. Um, like, I think the only times that I've thought about it in the last year are when I thought about um, – the podcast, like when I thought like, oh, God, what if Scott asks me this or I don't you know. You if- wrote it down, um, Sheila. I I would have never. I know. You,
0: you could have you just been the fun girl with the accent who lived in Germany, but no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's like uh, like a few oh, nights it. ago. I think on what day, what day is it? Today, Monday? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, a few nights ago. Maybe it was last night. I don't know. I was like, oh, that's soon. Um. <laughs> And then of course I couldn't go to sleep because I was like, what if you know, what things do I need to remember? What do I need to say? What if I forget to say this? Like those are the only times I thought about this in the last year. Okay. <laughs> so
0: All right. Well that's I mean, I mean other that's that, good yeah. I mean that I, I'm trying to give good news to the people who are listening. <laughs> so you're just yeah. yeah, you're not tortured by you live a would you consider that no. you live a fairly normal life now?
1: Yeah, yeah. totally. Um I mean, aside from the, it's kind of a joke now when I meet new people that I'm like, oh, excuse me, like I'm a little bit blind or like, oh, I forgot my reading glasses or, oh, no, I can't take ibuprofen because of my kidney disease. And, mm. uh, oh, I just have to do my vitamin B12 shot because I have pernicious anemia because of my, oh, I was uh, I was diagnosed last year by my endo with um, polyglandular autoimmune disease. What the hell? Um, which is basically just means you have a bunch of autoimmune diseases. Oh, okay. I um, I have Hashimoto's as well. And yeah, they, they monitor me for all the stuff, uh, Addison's and stuff like that. So I think technically once you have three, so pernicious anemia, Hashimoto's, and the type 1 diabetes, I'm technically polyglandular autoimmune- Diseased, which is um classified as a rare disease.
0: A rare and complex recessively inherited disorder of immune cell dysfunction with multiple <laughs> autoimmunities. I think that what yeah. I just heard was we all gotta stop getting Irish ladies pregnant for a couple of decades <laughs> to try to get rid of these autoimmune diseases.
2: <laughs>
1: it's too late. There's more Irish people outside Ireland than there is in Ireland. Like we're just yeah. we've been emigrating for too long. We're everywhere, we're among all of you. <laughs>
0: We're among yeah. all of you. You said, it like, you said it like you're aliens. You're like, we're, yeah. yes, we're even in your government.
1: You can't find us, you know? Um,
0: that was funny. So,
1: oh, my God. I think I think it's too late for that. I mean, like yeah, like I said, my el- my eldest sister has arthritis. Um My other sister doesn't have anything wrong with her. And I think what a she's also the, no, I'm sorry. She's the middle <laughs> child. But she's the middle child, and she has that, like – middle child syndrome of you know that plus while the other two have things wrong with them and they go to the doctor all the time and i don't have anything wrong with me and no doctors want to see me
0: (laughs) that's what i'm telling you everybody thinks everything's better all the time well um, well this episode is is gonna do great things for the people who say that i talk too much because i really didn't talk very much at all and um, there were
1: times when i was talking and i was like i was like am I still online? Did yeah. I disconnect? You were telling reason? some
0: deep ass story. I wasn't getting involved no, in it. I wanted to hear what you were going to yeah. say. Um, yeah. I, I don't even think good.
1: I just thought, uh, when I was saying, I never think about my, uh, my juvenile suicide attempt. It's actually another thing that causes me to think about it is when I see, uh, parents worrying about their kids. And I'm kind of like, you know, guys, I've been through it. I'm still here. It'll be okay. <laughs> oh, I thought um, you were
0: going to say, I wish someone would have worried about me.
1: No, I mean, no. I mean, people were worried about me. They just didn't express it in a, the best way, I guess. But yeah. um, no, I mean, when I see people kind of saying like, <sighs> you know, my, my kid is sneaking food or my kid doesn't care about his diabetes or my kid, whatever, um, I'm like... I feel like you need to zero in on the mental health here and once those problems are better, everything else will follow. Sure. But it's like the first thing to because I mean regular people when they're depressed, they find it hard to shower and brush their teeth. And I was like, when, when I'm talking to people about this, I'm like shower and brush my teeth. Like I can't even do my insulin. I like what are you?
0: Do you think so, you do you think you have depression because of diabetes or do you think it's something you would have had without diabetes?
1: I don't know if there is much point in speculating on that because there's no way to know, but I also at the same time think it's because of diabetes, but that's only because the two are so linked, like so many people with type 1 are also depressed. Um, So I think if you asked me from like a scientific point of view, I would say probably yes.
0: I feel uh, Uh, as a non-scientist and as a person who spent the entire last day of second grade in the hall, that inflammation has something to do with depression.
1: Oh, that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think the inflammation is, um, is a lot of a lot.
2: So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and also just this idea of isolation of like no one around me knows what i'm going through. I think it um it's like when you put the two things together it's like the magic recipe for yeah being super depressed. So wow. um i also have extreme anxiety. Um like i've been shaking the whole time we're on the call and i'm just talking normally but i'm like very shaky. My heart rate is a hundred right now.
0: Do you think, how do you think this conversation will impact the rest of your day? Cause it's six 30 where you are right in the afternoon. Yes. Yeah, And it's only in the two, afternoon, like 12, in the evening, in the evening, it's 1230 here.
1: Well, I mean, it's been dark for like three hours already. Um,
0: <laughs> like, do you think you'll just like get done and be like, all right, I'm okay. Or do you think that this will weigh on you for a while? Or how do you think sharing this, is it been good for you or is it upsetting?
1: No, it's good. Um, I mean, after I do anything, even after just like a morning of uh, if I have like two meetings in a row, I need to like sit down for a while, you know, um, so I'll probably just like, drink a cup of tea and uh, go for a walk, take my dog outside. Nice. Um, and I think tonight we're making Chinese hot butt for dinner. Um, so we're going to go to the Asian market.
0: That is lovely. And
1: that's that's going to be it. My wife yeah, just did so. a
0: five-day fast. And oh. she, last night, laid out the entirety of what she's going to eat today. <laughs> she's like, for, for breakfast, I'm going to have this and this. And at lunch, I'm going to have a – she's like, I'm going to have a tuna sandwich at lunch with a tomato. And she talked about it like it was heaven <laughs> and sex and money wrapped all in one. She was just, <laughs> she's just like, it's going to be wonderful. And I was like, Okay. <laughs>
1: I believe you. I mean, I I spent Christmas in France because, um, I mean, with the the vitrectomy that I had in November, uh, I wasn't able to, I'm not going to explain why, because if you Google it, you'll know why. Um, I wasn't able to fly afterwards and to get to Ireland from Germany, you need to fly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's like a 50 hour drive plus a ferry Uh. plus Uh. more driving. So, Mm -hmm. and also I can't drive. So, um, all those things. So instead we took the train, me and my boyfriend who is French and my dog, we took the train to his family for Christmas in France. And for the like four months before we went, we just talked about all the food we were going to eat.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's not like you can't get French food in other places. And we have this amazing cheese shop here run by French people where we get all our cheese. So it's not even like we couldn't get it. We were just like, oh, it's just, it's going to be so good. She
0: it's, said, it's different, slice you know? of tomato. Like she said, <laughs> we well, are going to get into a time machine and go back to when we were young. Like she was just so <laughs> like, she's so taken by the whole thing. Well, um, I'm
1: happy for her. That I'm, makes me happy. Oh my
0: God. She's going to have the best tuna sandwich in the world today. Um,
1: but, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's cool to like things. I'm happy that she... Was so happy about that.
0: Oh, it, it's the it's the fast. She's just yeah, yeah. She just, oh, It was a five day fast. So
1: honestly, if fasting makes you even happier to eat food, maybe it's worth it.
0: There are some people that fast once a month. I don't know if I'm that person, but I uh, for
1: health purposes, or yeah, yeah,
0: I think they do it um, because they think it's good for their vitality. Somehow,
1: okay, it's just once a month seems.
0: I think the like, inner, I don't know. It seems frequent, but maybe I'm, I think the intermittent fasting allows your body to do the other things. Like almost yes. like, um, you know what I mean? Like it gives it a chance to like do the digestion, do this kind of stuff, like work on other things. Cause you're not constantly yeah. asking it to digest food.
1: Yes. So. And I think, I mean, I think with, uh, with when you have a, a CGM, I think you see that. I think you're, when you're on like a a level flat line, you're like, okay, here we go. Time for normal life when I'm not constantly, even, even just on a metaphorical level, like where I'm not constantly monitoring my blood sugar to make sure it doesn't go below, above, below, um, above this level or below this level. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I haven't eaten in five hours and I'm, you know, on a flat line and nothing's happening and I can concentrate on the other things in my life without worrying about everything else. Like that's what your body's
0: doing. I'm not certain, but this might be the longest episode I've ever recorded.
1: I was just thinking, it's been a very long time. Wow,
0: how about that? I actually just got a message. Um, a a person, a a new review has been sent to the podcast, and it is not good. Uh, Oh no! It's and I so like just now. I'm like, what is this? And I clicked, and I'm like, oh goodness! And
1: does it, it say you talk too much?
0: So this is a person who never heard the podcast before they googled a term wanted to learn more about it they don't have diabetes nor does anyone else in their family and they really don't like me do you want me to do you want to hear it yes i don't know if i've ever done this before because this makes me i feel like i don't care (laughs) and i feel uncomfortable at the same time i know what you mean hold on a second because honestly i know what the podcast does for people it's it's okay if one person oh, yeah. you know misunderstood me and this person definitely misunderstands me um oh it sounds so harsh i searched out glycemic index on podcast on podcasts in an effort to educate <laughs> myself first of all i mean get a hobby but let me say i'm not diabetic nor thankfully are any of my family i do however like to be informed okay you're great i get the setup Let's get the kick in the ass now, where I'm not great, right, Jill? Here we go. I have to say that I found Scott irritating and very self centered as he spoke over Jenny. You misspelled Jenny's name, by the way, (laughs) while she was trying to make a point. Poor Jenny tried to make a point, and I spoke over top of her. And um, this person's from Great Britain, by the way. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. Makes
1: sense. It makes sense that they're obnoxious.
0: Uh I didn't think
1: I was. Sorry, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know know that Irish people have a thing about English people. (laughs) I don't,
0: but I'm glad I'm saying this in front of you.
1: (laughs) They occupied our country for 800 years and caused a genocide and all this kind of stuff. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't hate all English people. It's just like when we're when we're talking about generalizing. I'm like, you know.
0: So now, now the next sentence is going to indicate how she completely. I'm so sorry. I said she. It could be a guy. I don't know by the name. There's no, like, they didn't leave their real name. Which, by the way, bold of you not to leave your real name while you're trashing me. Furthermore, he seemed to boast how when wearing a glucose monitor, he couldn't get his sugar to spike, even though he gorged himself eating two slices of cake. Now, see, that's a complete misunderstanding of that. Like, I was talking about how... A person with type 1 will fight with the glycemic index and glycemic load of foods because they don't have any insulin to resist them. Whereas a person like myself, who doesn't have diabetes, was literally had to gorge myself to get myself up to like 160 blood sugar. I wasn't... I I wasn't... She, I wasn't boasting I, I, I about it. I just can't it.
1: believe you would boast like that about how good your pancreas. My is, pancreas
0: but. works so good. You guys should be jealous. Like, like this. So this is an obvious like misunderstanding of the context of the conversation. Plus, probably of sarcasm because I guarantee I made some stupid joke in there like that, right?
1: And probably just of the whole concept of the podcast yeah. itself.
0: Uh, she left the podcast early and won't be back again to listen. Which, oh no. um, yeah, I, I. I so thought she was gonna try one more episode. And um <laughs> again, could be a guy. Forty five minutes of my life, I won't ever get back. So
1: they are long episodes. Well <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I say after two hours and yeah, five minutes.
0: You might want to shut up. But again, so like but but I I love that somebody listened to something that has eight hundred and thirty episodes and eleven hundred five star reviews, and after forty five minutes thought they were like, Oh, I know the real thing that's going on here. I'm fascinated by that. Well,
1: yeah, because they like to be informed, so well, and they have obviously to take they came the, to this with an open mind.
0: And they have to take the time to tell someone else about it. Yeah. Yeah. You other 1,100 I've people. never
1: reviewed the podcast, but I think after this, I'll I'll go and I'll do it. Well, I need a couple of people now to,
0: yeah, to push hers thing. down a little bit. to get a, you, you know what's going to happen is like I'm going to get a new advertisement and I go, let me go check out the uh, the reviews of this <laughs> thing before I decide if I want to advertise on this podcast or not. And it'll be this wow she really didn't like it she had a bad time mm-hmm. well by the way she's still i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna go on and be like i love how long the podcast episodes are they really allow me to experience the depth of detail in everyone's stories
0: would you consider writing a, a review that said i searched out glycemic index on podcasts in an effort to educate myself let me say i am a diabetic and there are people in my yes. family who have autoimmune diseases and I love to be informed. I have to say that I found Scott amazing, and it was wonderful how he and Jenny went back and forth on the topic. <laughs> and they just put I'm,
1: it right I'm gonna go next on to and this one. I'm just going to like inverse every sentence that's yeah. in there. And they put it right next yeah, to
0: this one. Do. Furthermore, I loved yes. how he joked about his pancreas stopping the cake and. Blo- <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Wow. Yeah. I love to hear about um, cake oh. and. Do
0: you you know what a a glutton I am for for conversations like that? I'd love to talk to this person.
1: Absolutely. I would I would Um, talk
0: to them forever about this. So interesting.
1: I mean what I what I I will honestly I will go on and I will write that review. Um, (laughs) What I what I would have written if it weren't for this person is um, about how I never heard of like all this uh open source closed looping uh community stuff before i mean before the the episodes yeah i, I guess mean, i remember could- i started at episode one and i went chronologically through so wow t- it's like in, in the 200s or something where we first encounter looping yeah the concept so and i just started looping uh probably closed the loop two months ago oh good for you um and in germany we have the we have the Libra three for like a year and a half here now. So I'm on that and I have my Omnipod and I'm like the the wireless woman and for uh you. and you, yeah, I mean honestly the whole thing I just it's like even on a bad day, I still don't have high blood sugar. Even on the days where I don't pre bolus and I eat food and I don't carb count correctly, I still don't have bad blood sugar. Yeah. And and I that just, horrible person
0: like, in that review helped you get to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm such <laughs> but a monster. Yeah, no it's
1: it's like i never would have known about any of that if if i didn't well listen to the podcast maybe if like... i'd
0: stopped talking over jenny so much you would have been able to figure it out earlier
1: <laughs> like 150 episodes earlier yeah. i don't even think jenny was in the picture back then
0: she was jenny had been on the show one time in the first yeah. of episodes. because
1: uh, okay. i kept seeing the posts about like scott and jenny and i was like is that that jenny who was on one time because i don't I don't understand what's happening. Why
0: would this be? Why would this be the person? No. Well, anyway, I um listen. Anyway, this person is well um you know, welcome to their opinion and uh <laughs> that's absolutely fine.
1: And I'm like, going to go on and mock them mercilessly. No, in a you few
0: minutes. please leave you, I would pre- if you're going to take the time to leave a review, leave your real review of the podcast cuz only you okay, and we'll I see. only you and I will understand the joke. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Everyone else will be like, plus you're going to go through the German podcast app and she went to the uk podcast app
1: i don't know how any of this works yeah so
0: so jokes on her nobody's really gonna say it because she lives in the uk it's a tiny little place where hardly anybody is and i don't know how many people live in the uk don't start bad-mouthing them again by the way (laughs) did you did i lose you sheila hello i know you can hear me What a great way to end the show. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for coming. (laughs) Two hours and 11 minutes. You back?
1: I'm back. (laughs) I don't know what the hell just happened. Sorry.
0: There's 67 million people in the UK.
1: That's too many. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's Arlen has five million people, so. All
0: right. Well, you better raise up a bigger yeah. army if you're going to go over there and. I mean, those people it, less. Germany about is this way issue.
1: bigger. I don't know how many people there are in Germany. But I don't it's want.
0: Way I don't want Germany raising up another army. I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah
0: let's leave that where, like, where it is. Hmm.
1: <laughs> I think we we could get the Scottish on our side, though. I don't think the Scottish people like English people. Probably about <laughs> as much as Irish people like English people. I so. cannot
0: believe how far down this rabbit hole you went. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I stand by it.
0: I want to just say I don't know anything about any of this. This is just the person talking who I've allowed to come on the podcast. And I love all the <laughs> listeners in the UK, except for this one lady who clearly doesn't. And I still like her, too. Or him. Boy, I come off really poorly thinking that was a woman who left that <laughs> review, huh?
1: I mean, I think sometimes you just have to st- pick a, you know, in order to personify a review or you just have to pick a I, yeah, person.
0: Having yeah, having trouble. And even a guy could care enough to leave a review about anything to be perfectly honest. You know?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: You think, I don't think men care about crap. <laughs>
1: I think- oh, there's loads of, I mean, men on the internet, especially someone who goes to the trouble of searching glycemic index on podcast could be, could be <laughs> either.
0: I, you know, you mentioned something at the very beginning of this that I thought to say something and then I just, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, but you were talking about, I forget what you were talking about. And I, I was thinking that, um, oh, you were talking about how I manage Arden's blood sugars kind of matter-of-factly. Mm. And, and I, I thought at that point to say that there have been a number of times in my life where I have thought that being a stay-at-home dad was beneficial to my kids um, because of the matter-of-fact way that I approach things. And I do wonder if in those very same circumstances, if my, my wife would have handled them differently. And um, I wonder how much impact that's Mm. had both for probably good and for bad, because I wonder what I don't do that my wife would have done. And I wonder when that's been beneficial and when it hasn't been. So, Mm. but I didn't say that because you were on a roll. So
1: I'm sorry. I mean, what's worth saying?
0: You're chatty as a mother. Um, It was all good.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Um, but it's, I mean, what what is also cool is uh, as a stay-at-home dad, I mean, you were able to dedicate time and energy to that kind of stuff, which, I mean, both my parents worked. Um, you know, um, I'm not surprised my mom wasn't micromanaging my insulin dosing from work while I was at school and all this. And also, I mean, yeah, it just wasn't. It's a different time. Yeah, no, the um, technology
0: was different, and the ideas about managing diabetes were different, and the insulin was yeah. different, and a lot was different. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, right. um yeah. I can't. I can't thank you enough for doing this. I really do appreciate you being so forthright with everything.
1: No, I mean, thank you for having me on. I mean, the thing is, I don't think that my experience or story or whatever is especially unique. Especially the more that I hear from people who've lived with diabetes for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess as time went on, I was like, do I actually have anything to say that's interesting here? But, um, I mean, we managed to talk for a long time anyway.
0: I think you said plenty. I think it was very valuable. (laughs) I do think that even if it is something that a lot of people go through, hearing the steps and, I mean, just imagine, if this is a thing that happened to you and you're listening, just maybe hearing you say, something about a realization you had about your parents or something that might be a a realization that another person hasn't had yet and it it might help them move forward i also think it's incredibly valuable for them to hear that you are a successful stable adult and Mm. you know because that that gives people i would think a lot of hope plus you're a space musician so (laughs) everybody has to aspire you know what i mean you know, you for should the spend stars. the rest of your life becoming a space musician for me if you cared at me about me at all.
1: I'd need to figure out go back is. to playing music, but I will um, endeavor. To...
0: Nah, you won't stop it. Okay. Yeah, I don't, will not... you hold on one second for me?
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Thank you. One, three, three,
2: that this nation should commit itself. Amen. Affirmative.
0: Amen. Thanks so much to Sheila for coming on the show and for lending us this music for our outro today. I also want to thank Touched by Type One and remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org and find out all about their programs and offerings. The podcast was also sponsored today by Dexcom. And of course, if you use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juice you can learn all about the G7, hear from real users and get your free benefits check. Dexcom.com forward slash juice If you're looking for community around your diabetes, check out Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group with 40,000 members. It's absolutely free, and there is something there for everyone. Type 1s, Type 2s, LADA, parents of children with Type 1, adults, everybody's represented. The conversations are amazing. Check it out. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. And if you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, it begins at episode 210, but you can find all the series at juiceboxpodcast.com, right at the top in the menu. Check them out.